Everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. Cold, wintry weather, as far as I'm concerned. This is what winter looks like in the sunshine state. Clouds and a little bit of cool weather. I'll take that compared to what everyone else is dealing with. Welcome in to Monday on XL Primetime, a Mokama Beer Company Monday. And we'll say today, minus me, she is out at the Players Media Day. So she's having a good time out there. And hopefully the rain has held off as uh, they're getting ready to put that golf course, uh, uh, well, really, on full display. We are a little over a month away from the Players, which will be one of the crown jewel events of the PGA Tour schedule. But we got football to talk about today. We've got Super Bowl week to talk about, prop bets to hand out. Uh, and we got a special guest coming up in the, well, second half of this hour. Uh, Gerald Ingram, who coached Freddie T, Fred Taylor, when he was a great one here as a Jacksonville Jaguar. So we're going to welcome him in, and hopefully he'll storytell a little bit with us. But it is Super Bowl week, and we're looking at everything that's going on with the Chiefs and the Niners, and we're going to start handing out some prop bets today. Uh, but big sirs, uh, I look among us, including John Party over there. I, I None of us have played in the Super Bowl, mm. except you. I've dreamed about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it, well, it is Super Bowl week, and I, I don't care how long it's been. Actually, it's been 28 years since I played in the Super Bowl 30. Oh, actually, 28 wow. years. And it's some of my fondest and not-so-fondest memories. But mm-hmm. as far as Monday goes, Monday is always the flight in. All mm-hmm. right? Our Super Bowl at that particular time was in Arizona. We all flew in. Hey, thank you, JJ. I appreciate it, it. We all flew in. And the exciting part about it is that when you, once you get off that plane, you get on your bus, and you take the, you know, the, the police escort to your hotel. When you get to your hotel or whatever like that, at that particular time, it was still the fans everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was fans outside of the hotel, inside the hotel with the chance. Here we go, Steelers. Oh, you yeah. got your family there. You've already accommodated them. You put them in the hotel and all that. So everything is about the, is about the fanfare today. Everything is about the fanfare, the seriousness about the game. You still got in your back of your mind, but you're trying to enjoy the festivities of being in the Super Bowl. And you listen, I played – well, I've been in three national championship games and played mm-hmm. in two – it rivals it definitely the Super Bowl and the week you you're at the Super Bowl. It rivals any national championship game you could ever play. Did oh. you have the bye week? Yeah. Uh, we didn't have the bye week. You didn't. We, we went right into it, you know, because I believe we played our game maybe that Saturday. We beat the Colts. Mm-hmm. It was Jim Harbaugh, you know, was the quarterback and the hail mary that he threw in the end zone that was incomplete. Damn near close though, real <laughs> close, <laughs> real close. So. So we played the game Saturday, JJ, and we find out the the NFC team later on that evening. Next thing you know, Monday we're on the plane. See, we're so on the plane in the nineties, yeah, 
Because we were talking with Yancey Thigpen the other day, who was a member of the Tennessee Titans, and that was the year 1999. We that all was know, the last year. Yeah, little uh-oh, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. where this team was hoping they were going. Yep. And <clears throat> everyone had to have their bags packed. Our bags were packed. And it was an uh-oh uh, mm-hmm. for your Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. because it was the Tennessee Titans. Stuff happens. That went instead. <laughs> but that was one of the ones that was just a – well, Jay, turnaround. I mean, I, I mean, Yancey said it. That was the last year yeah. that they had the quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think Yancey said right after that, they gave you a bye after the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl from then that point on was like you had an extra week. Right. And then, you know, because even the Pro Bowl, you know, at that particular time, the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl. Now the Pro Bowl is before the Super Bowl. Oh, you're talking about like the Pro Bowl, the yeah. 64-59 final that they had yesterday? Was it that? You know, I yeah. didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. 64, I can't you watched it. Actually. I can't you'll, even. you'll be happy to know the 64-59 is a combination of the actual game score and skills competition. So oh. that's how it played out. Oh, that's how it played out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Was there a dunking pool there? Too? <laughs> I don't know if there oh, was. Okay. But I, it's so funny. Like I know you hate the actual I, the skills competition. I, yeah, I do. But you know what? I, I do. I can. What I can appreciate is the fact that those guys that were there, mm-hmm. you know, they are among the elite of the elite. When you make the Pro Bowl, I don't care in what capacity, you make it to the Pro Bowl, you you get to put that on your resume. You yeah. get to put Pro Bowl such and such. And I do agree. You can't trash that part of no, it because that, that's nah. recognizing the grace in the game. But I'll admit that it ain't a bad thing to watch because you get to see the personalities of the players and you get to see them in a different environment. Now, Screw the flag football, okay? I don't even need to see that. But you still get to see these athletes competing, which is all really the uh, the fans want. They want that little celebrity type of moment. Yeah, and, and listen, for, for the fans' sake, this is probably the first opportunity they really get to see their players without the helmet in the, in the uniform on. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So they get to interact with them, take pictures, selfies, and all that kind of right. stuff. So that's kind of cool with it, you know. Well, I personally miss Sean Taylor decapitating Brian Mormon, uh, those type of well, plays. Those, yeah. those are always We'll never good. get those back. Well, I, I tell you what, your, your, your guy did that. In honor, I mean, your man RG3, he actually wore Sean Taylor's Pro Bowl jersey mm-hmm. to nice. kind of commemorate the fact that he that. remembered this, that, that hit yeah. that Sean Taylor, you know. I mean, I mean, leave it to a cane to play the game the way it's supposed to be. Well, you figure <laughs> yeah, there's there's only like only two memories that most fans have, and you'd have to go all the way back and find Pete Rose when he destroyed the catcher Ray at home plate. Yeah, and, and it is his career basically uh, in, in an exhibition game. Was that an exhibition game? I remember that he ran him over or something like over? that. Yeah. Wow. Ended his career, it, it, wow. but he played it. I mean, Ray Fossey was blocking the plate. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the hell's he supposed and to And I do? think it was the winning run. Yeah, Stand you live and there learn. and get tagged? Yeah, yeah, you live and learn. And to be fair to Brian Mormon, a punter, yeah. he got right back up. Mm-hmm. Took it like a man. Yeah, yeah, good. I did. I did. And so, uh, look, I love the guys that the game, if it's a game, if mm-hmm. I'm between the lines, we're competing. Hell That's just yeah. the way it is, which I, I'm okay with. Now, there's some NFL news that we need to get into, uh, and then I want to chase the Jaguars today topic because I mentioned to them, they asked in a in a ten year period, assuming Trevor Lawrence signs a big multi year, multi million dollar deal, what's the best you can hope for? And, and you know, it's kind of you know getting in in wish land, but whatever. Should you expect them to get to the Super Bowl? Where do you think they will get? Well, I'm talking to them, and I'm like, how many quarterbacks right now in the National Football League have made it to the Super Bowl? We're talking few and far between right now, so it is kind of a wide open territory. Because the guys that played for so many years over the last five years have exited. Drew Brees has left. 
Tom Brady is left. Of course, Peyton Manning is left. But you take a look at Aaron Rodgers is still playing, but he was hurt. You take a look at all the spots that they took up as Super Bowl starting quarterbacks. You're down to Pat Mahomes, Goff, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, Joe Flacco, Joey. He still got Joe, Joey Barrow. Yeah, Joe could, Barrow. You can still count count him among them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, Russell. Russ. Russ. You can, Hurts. Still, yeah. you can yeah. still count him as Hurts, far as Jalen Hurts from last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, definitely. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Garoppolo counts. Is he still playing? Yeah. The last well, he's not time. playing, but he's on Okay, team. he's limping somewhere. Yeah, but at least he's he's on the Vegas roster. Oh, okay, he's yeah. on the roster. And he did appear in a Super Bowl. So when you go from Super Bowl winning down to Super Bowl, at least making an appearance in a Super Bowl, the list is a little bit bigger, but it ain't that much bigger. Yeah. Well, I, you know what it reminds me of, Joe, a little bit? Because when I, fr- when I first came into the league, it was hard to make the Pro Bowl because mm-hmm. you, as a youngster, you had to know your, you had to stay in your lane. All right, yep. I had I had the Zimmermans in front of me. I had the I had the Tony Joneses in front of me, the Bruce Armstrongs, the Richmond Webbs in front of me. You know, so I was young. That's I, some good dudes. That's some good dudes. So I had I knew Jumbo Elliott, those type of guys. So I knew that young. I, I had to wait my turn. And then when my turn came, then comes Ogden and Baselli and. Walter Jones and all also that. Also good dudes. So, so also great dudes or whatever. So when you look at the Super Bowl and, and all those guys are gone now, there's only one dude in the AFC that you got the mountain you got to climb. That's yeah. Mount Mahomes. Yeah, it is. It That's is Mount Mahomes. It's a big ass. I mountain refer to man. Mount JoJo at home. Quite I mean, often, he's, so I know exactly what you're talking about. He's the culmination of all those dudes. Yeah. As long as he's in the AFC, Mount Mahomes is the mountain that you got to climb. Yeah. And I'm telling you what, this guy – all right, so think about this. And we will do – we're going to set up our Super Bowl props. We have a full list of props. We're gonna, and by the way, I'm going to force you as we do these. you got to get three prop bets correct. If you get two or three, you're going to go into a draw. I'm going to try and give, you, uh, give some good stuff away from my beer boys and from the Golf Club of Southampton. But the, the Mahomes game against the Kansas City – or excuse me, against the San Francisco 49ers going back four years ago – they were trailing by double digits going into the fourth quarter, mm. and they scored the next 21 points. So then you're thinking, this guy's going to be unstoppable. Well, then he comes back the next year, and the unstoppable beat him, the GOAT, Tom Brady. And then you take a look at what happened to him with that pass rush against him. It was unreal. Then take a look at the pass rush against Joey Burrow the following se- uh, season. And, and the pass rush is real. If you don't have that along with your quarterback, you ain't got you you ain't got it all. And that's why this football team needs to make sure they secure the quarterback and those guys that can deliver pressure to the passer. Because yeah. you know it, Leon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, listen. I was actually watching that Super Bowl on NFL Network. You know how yeah. they show all the Super Bowls. Oh, it's awesome. And, and they were giving. Yeah, it was awesome. And they were mic'd up. And, and uh, what's his name? Pierre Paul. I mean, uh, uh, JPP. JPP. I mean, he was talking smack to Mahomes the whole time. They were knocking them down, just pressure after pressure. And, and the, the Chiefs had to do something after that Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you got this amazing talent behind you, a quarterback, and you've got absolutely no no protection of them. Yeah. And that year, that year in free agency, when they got him a left tackle, a left guard. A center and a right tackle. I'm glad you're bringing it up because think about this. The Kansas City Chiefs, when they won their Super Bowl, Mm. they had a fairly good offensive line. But then Eric Fisher had gone down and gotten Mm -hmm. hurt, and they basically were saying goodbye to him. They go out and get Orlando Brown. They have him there for a minute, however long you want to describe it. Then he wants a big deal. They say goodbye to him. They bring uh, Donovan Smith in and Juwan Taylor. They they will now be in three (laughs) Super Bowls. 
Is that right? No, four Super Bowls. Four Super Bowls mm -hmm. with basically four different offensive lines. It's yeah. nuts what they've had, what they either have had to do or been able to do. Well, if you, I mean, if you really think about it, we were talking about this in the pre-show. There's Mahomes, mm -hmm. Kelsey, Chris Jones, and a bunch of guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they keep winning. Yeah. And they keep winning Super Bowls. But what is also classic is just going back and seeing some of the guys that were there when they first made it. I'll remind everybody, we're sitting here dreaming of a Super Bowl, and it would be great when Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs won their Super Bowl, first Super Bowl four years ago in this era. Mm -hmm. It was 50 years since the last one. Yeah. 50 flipping years since the last Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. Since the cigarette and the fresca. Yeah. Halftime with Len Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. when he had the heater. Yeah. yeah, and, and so that's how far back it was for a storied franchise who had been to countless playoffs, countless championship games, had not gotten the job done, and they finally got the job done. In and fact, so, they had a reputation of not being able to get to the big one. They had lost four yeah. straight home playoff games yeah. at that point and really got it going. And then what's nuts is that Tom Brady beat Mahomes in a Patriots uniform, went to the Super Bowl and won, then Mahomes and Kansas City come back, win, and then Tom Brady goes to Tampa and beats the Chiefs again. So, it, so if you're looking at it, right, you, Brady got help from D Ford too. Let's make that very clear. True, because yeah. without it was that play, all D Ford. The Chiefs is a Tom, year earlier. Tom Brady had lost that game. Yeah, and D Ford allowed him to be the winner and Mahomes to be the loser. That's how. Even though we always just put that that sticker on the quarterback, there's so many other things. You know, it's. We were thinking. I was thinking about this over the weekend with Mahomes. He's almost like, and this is—I can't believe I'm even saying this. He's almost like a Jordan type of guy, where mm -hmm. he's so flipping good, you know, mm -hmm. that you, you there's no getting by him. There's no getting by him unless he makes mistakes. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you yourself are not going to beat him. If he makes mistakes, then you've got a chance. Yeah. And look, I did. You, know, you just went back and you mentioned well, those offensive lines, Leon. Mm -hmm. They that defensive pass pass pressure got to him. That's what lost yeah. him that football game. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the Tampa Bay Buck. I mean, you're talking about Jordan, but the Tampa, the Buccaneers defense was the Pistons at some mm -hmm. particular point. I mean, they roughed them up. You got to get the whole knock on Tom Brady is that the knock on Brady is that you, you can't give him time. You got to get him off his spot. You got to get pressure on him. You got to make him be a tap dancer. Mm -hmm. And every, every every Super Bowl that he's lost. You know, four-man rush, cover two defense, cover three, whatever. But your four-man rush is going to get home and put pressure on them, and he's not going to have that time to throw the ball. So, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not an, ex is not an exception to that. If you get pressure on him, yeah, he's moving the maneuver. He's a magic man. He's a, he's a Houdini. But you got to get hits on him. You mm -hmm. definitely got to get hits on him. The problem is, even when he has a high ankle sprain, sometimes he uh, he <clears throat> still wins. That's true. It, and he has a backup. Sometimes the backup comes backup in and goes ninety-eight 99, yards. Ninety-nine yeah. yards on you. I, honestly, mm -hmm. I will never get over Chad Henney. I will never get that over. That was it. crazy, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, and I, I'm again, we're going back, like you're saying, watching some of these Super yeah. Bowls, and and Henney win in the Super Bowl second quarter. I'm pretty sure Mahomes gets rolled. And that ankle, he comes up where he, he can hardly even walk. And you're like, oh, my God. You look over on the sidelines, and he's starting to warm up. And they're all like, oh, my gosh. You go, no, no, no. That's the same cat that three weeks before that had taken the, the offense 90-plus yards. Play after what was that total number of plays against the Jaguars? There was a few I, penalties for oh, them, of course but there I was. mean, still, that's going to happen in yeah. 98 yards. Yeah, like 13 plays or something. It, it, it seemed like it was right 13, now. 14 plays. 
Uh, and, and by the way, with the penalties, that was on the Jags. There's always somebody that's helping somebody else. It's like when you go back to the Kansas City Chiefs when it looked like they were on the ropes. Uh, it was Baltimore that played with a lack of discipline, remember, mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball and gave them opportunities to kick a field goal before the half. I mean, and do you really want flowers. to relive this? How many? Do you really want to relive it? <laughs> By the way, the longest drive in postseason history for the Chiefs. Do you really want to relive this? Who have this? been no, around since Super because Bowl Because I'm going to make you relive it right now. Because I know all Duvall right now is not happy with us reliving plays, this. 98 yards, 6 minutes and 5 seconds. Does it does it show aided by Andy, how many penalties? Andy to Kelsey for six. Pacheco for eight. Pacheco for seven. <sighs> Andy passing complete. Oh. Andy short pass to Tony. All right, let me to lie Kadarius down. Kadarius <laughs> Tony for eight. Oh, no Andy size. short pass to Kelsey for four. Moore left end to KC for three yards. Sky Moore on a reverse for three yards. Okay. He doesn't even dress anymore. No. Timeout. Healthy. Henny. Scratch. Short pass to Kelsey for four yards. Penalty on Jacks. Arden Key roughing the passer. Thank you, Arden. You Chad Henney pass incomplete to Blake Bell. Mm-hmm. Another former Jack. Second and ten of the Jacks, forty-three. Pacheco left end rush for four. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirty-nine yards. Thirty-nine yards for Pacheco. Okay. First and goal to Jacks four. Pacheco up the middle for one. Second and goal. Excuse me, for three. Second and goal from the one. Kelsey pass from Henny. TD. Oh Dang, so they even threw with Kelsey from the one just to be like, yeah, we're doing this. I'm surprised he didn't do the no Screw look like he did a few years earlier. He tried that no look and it <laughs> failed. I didn't even mean. I apologize. I'll do all. I apologize. That was inappropriate. I did not mean for Matt to go down memory you asked lane for like it, that. Man, so I gave but, it to you. Uh, that do hurt. That do hurt. Uh, that's for sure. That's how close you were, and then that's you realize how far away you were. <laughs> and so just getting back to the actual quarterbacks that have played in the Super Bowl, is Trevor good enough? Is this team good enough? So much has to go your way. Mahomes, when he got hurt in the game against Jacksonville, you're thinking it's now going to go Jacksonville's way because he had to limp off and go into the into the locker room, and you weren't sure he was going to come out. And Mr. Henney, check down Henney, check down Chad, takes him the full length of the football field. Agonizing, Leon. Yeah, it is. Well, you 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 had mentioned Trevor. Is he is he? Uh, listen, when you're the number one pick overall, fairly unfairly, the franchise is is anticipating or expecting you to take you to places they've never been. Yeah, you got to get them there be, be, because you're first of all, if you got the number one pick overall, that means you suck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you get the quarterback that you think you have, he's supposed to be a franchise changer. Yeah, I mean Trevor, he's expected to come here in Jacksonville and. and Elevate this 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 franchise and, and winning a Super Bowl would be listen, if he wins a Super Bowl here in Jacksonville, all the guys before, like me and everybody else, we did we disappear. I mean <laughs> if you want us if, if you want to see us disappear win the Super Bowl, all right? <laughs> or else we're just gonna keep talking. I, I think, think it would be the opposite. Yeah. I think no. the franchise in general would be like more recognized. Yeah, people yeah. would talk about it more and people would remember more. And I was actually thinking the other day, just <laughs> dreaming on the couch, like Imagine how badass a parade would be. Oh, it'd be so just smart, like we'd dude. get off, or we'd ha- we'd do the show live from the parade, and 
Oh, we'd be just having we'd a blast. Float, dude. We'd be drinking. Yeah, oh JJ, we'd be on the float. Yes. Yes. float. I love that. Richie, make now, it we got, we got, we will be retired serious? now to pasture at that point, but yeah. still, we will. We will. I probably Not only that, we have a keg on the float. As much as I tear into the Jaguars losing, you think they're going to give me a float? <laughs> <laughs> serious? You'll be on our float, bro. All right, well, if I'm on yeah, your float, on our then, float. Keg flowing. All right, then. But All then, right. I tell you what, the Jaguars not putting me on no damn float. <laughs> All right, now let me just float some of these names by you. Get some Popeyes on there for you, too, bro. Nah, I can appreciate that. Let me float Tight these names the by Tight you. Tight too. This is the last <laughs> decade, basically. Uh, the math says you have to add a year. But the last decade, I'm going to go from 13 to 23. Starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, Russell v. Payton. That was 2013. 2014, Tommy versus Russell. 2015, Peyton versus Cam Newton. So you had three repeat performers there. 2016, Tommy again versus Matt Ryan. 2017, Nick Foles. Ever heard of him? Mm. He has a statue. Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. It was endless with Tommy. We know that. The next year, Tom Brady versus Jared Goff. The next year, Mahomes versus Garoppolo. Then back to Brady versus Mahomes. Stafford versus Burrow, Mahomes versus Hertz, and now Mahomes again versus Brock Purdy with his first name <clears throat> being inserted into this. So, Which one of these is not like the other in the entire yeah, group there? Mr. Irrelevant. But dude's getting it done. He really he is. is. He is. Uh, and and when, when you're under center and mm-hmm. performing like that, you, you look like a number one overall pick. That's for sure. All right. Now, let's set this up because we're going to go back in the past in just a second and talk Gerald Ingram, uh, Freddie T's running backs coach, and get his idea of how good he thinks Freddie is when you judge him among the greats in the game of football and if he's Hall of Fame worthy. Yesterday, February 4th, second year anniversary of Doug Peterson being hired by this franchise. Mm. So two years ago yesterday. Now I'll go back to our show a year ago. What were we doing? Well, Doug Peterson had reclaimed – Jacksonville's postseason position. Somebody was talking about Super Bowl. Somebody at this table. I'm not going to say yeah. who it was, but yeah. somebody at this table somebody. was talking about Super Bowl. It's so. called off-season optimism, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so <laughs> this time a year ago, the sky was the limit. Mm-hmm. Dougie was fresh mm. and looking like he had built the, the beginnings of an empire. Okay, Jacksonville had reclaimed its reputation. We are back. That was a year ago. Now, here we are, two years removed from Doug Peterson being hired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. How do you feel about him now? 6411010. Let's hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. How much of your opinion has changed? How much of your opinion uh, you fully support him? However you want to describe it. But give us two years to the day, and this was yesterday, that, that he was hired here as your Jaguars head coach. How do you feel about Doug Peterson manning? your Duval ship. All right, we're going to say hello to Gerald Ingram coming up. We say thanks to Mokama Beer Company. They are right there on South 8th Street in Fernandina Beach every single day serving up great coffee. And then Tuesday through Sunday, that craft is on full display. And we're talking about all their craft beer. You can enjoy a Pilsner, a Stout, a Sour, an IPA, whatever it might be. They've got great, great recipes up there. Mokama.com. You can find them on the shelves at Total or ABC or just head on up to the tap room or in their wildlife location, Mokama Beer Company. 
Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room in Fernandina Beach. They got it going on up there every single day, plus their brand new Wildlight location, Mokama Beer Company. Coffee every day, craft Tuesday through Sunday. We got it going on here in the 1010XL studios. Now, I don't think that we ever intended it to be this way, but the setup is pretty cool. If you go to YouTube, you can search 1010XL, log on and check us out. But if you're looking from Leon from the right back to the left, you got the U. You got UCLA, oh, you got Michigan, and you got Florida. I don't think this ever was planned, but we have four <laughs> college sweatshirts on uh, as we say hello to former running backs coach for your Jacksonville Jaguars, Jared in- Gerald Ingram, joins us now. Coach, you came in wearing that maize and blue proudly, did you not, sir? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I have a year to, to experience this and, and uh, see all my Georgia friends and just say, hey, SEC, you didn't think about the Big Ten this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we so, showed up. So, so I mean, I know there's a parade. I mean, you being a fellow alumnus, so that I, I know you're going to be on the float or something. Oh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work every angle I can because I love this right now. Okay, I mean, we were one. We were the only Big Ten team that showed up, and it's been a while for us to show up you and win butt. like this. And, and, and people didn't expect us to win like that. Mm-hmm. I mean. Even I, I saw you the one day, and I was ready to question myself a little bit about how hot this quarterback at Alabama was going to be, mm. you know. But it you talking about the toy drive when we were talking? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, drive. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, you know, I'm a little nervous because Alabama's looking like they're getting really hot right now. But the strength and the power of our team, we were the best team in college right, football so right now. Let's set this up. Gerald Ingram coached under Tom Coughlin. Mm-hmm. Early in Jaguars lore, and then coached all the way until TC was let go, which meant that they told Gerald and everybody else <laughs> that they were let go. But he coached from the mid 90s until 2002. A couple years later, he's with the New York Football Giants, back with TC, coaching running backs. So the main reason Leon wanted to bring him in was so we could talk about Freddie T's chances. Uh, so you guys can hit the text line 641 1010 because this coach has put eyes on great fo- on great football players. He's coached them up, and we just want to talk about Freddie T's chances. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to bring Coach on because everybody back in the day, especially when I was with the Jaguars at that particular time when you have Mark Brunel and you had Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCarty, everybody wants to talk about a high-powered off- offense as far as throwing the ball. But Coach right here, I mean, Coach had, had a linear of, of running back talent mm-hmm. That was behind the offensive line that got after it pretty good. You know, Nate Dog, Natron mm-hmm. Means, Little Man, you know, Little yeah. Man Stewart, you know, Freddie T. I mean, coach, I mean, he had a he had an assembly line of nothing but good talent at running back. And listen, that's what made us multi dimensional. We weren't no one dimensional team. We could run the ball and we could pass the ball. And he had a lot to do with coach right there. I mean, we did a lot of things here. And, you know, I have to say, you know, everything starts with Coach Coughlin, what we do when he's an offensive coach. And we brought, you know, he brought Kevin Gilbride in here who was, mm-hmm. you know, the run and shoot and the streak read and that kind of thing. And, Rev, you know, Kevin hadn't been around a lot of run. And Tom always wanted to start off with us as a team that if we're a good run team, we're going to be a good defensive team. And everything starts up front. You know, and I was blessed, and we were blessed here to be able to bring in some pretty damn good players. And it started off with the first-round pick here in the expansion with Tony Baselli and James Stewart. Mm-hmm. And James we knew as a, as a, as a tough, strong, straight-ahead guy. And you know what you got. He was our, he was our second pick as well. Mm-hmm. So we want to establish some toughness, some physicalness. And as things 
built and went along the way, we were able to, you know, get Leon Searcy to come here as well. Yeah, the following now year. We, now we have the best of both worlds up front, you know, on both sides. We're, the, we're literally the best team in the NFL. And we were going to hurt you a lot of different ways. We we're going to take the pressure off Mark Brunell because, one, Mark had great legs. He could run with the ball as well as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We had great receivers that, that we could continue drives or beat people over the top with Jimmy Smith and Keenan McArdle. You know, and sometimes you 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 almost weigh Keenan being more instrumental in what we had in, as a leader as well as a guy who mm-hmm. who understood what was going in, on in the passing game as well as a quarterback. Right. So we really had a really rounded team. But the one year we were able to have, you know, James Stewart, Fred Taylor, and Tavian Banks, you know, had the blonde-haired guy. Wow. You know, we had, yeah. we had a lot. You know, we could attack you through the run game, the pass game, and we could switch gears at times. But when you brought a guy in here like Fred, Fred's special. You know, when you, when you evaluate running backs, I've always said the, the number one pick's got to be special. And he's got to have the category that said magic. Mm-hmm. This guy can play above the X's and O's, and if you give him an inch, you know what I mean, you play all this two-man coverage and this and that, you get a guy like that with Fred Taylor, he can beat two-man coverage. You want to sit there with not have eight in the box? Yeah. I, you know, I, I wish the best on you. He'll kill you. And yeah. He'll kill you. Yeah. And when you start a defensive meeting, you know, during that week as an opponent, you got to say, who are the people you got to stop at Jacksonville? You know, let alone you got the two bookends that's going to beat you in the mouth, mm-hmm. okay? You're going to run the ball effectively, and this guy could go to the house. You know, you got James Stewart who runs real hard. He's got great vertical, and, you know, he can damn near die from the seven-yard line, get across, even if nobody, if everybody blocked everybody, <laughs> he did do it one time. You know what I mean? And a guy like Fred who's got size, speed, balance, suddenness, you know, all Fred had to do when he come in here is just learn how to Pick up the blitz. Pick up the blitz and take care of the quarterback. Okay? There's one thing I learned about being around these two offensive linemen. When you go to chip and protect your quarterback, you got to know how to chip because if they if you get in the way, they might hit you in the mouth. <laughs> okay? And I want to let you know facts, because facts. <laughs> leave the linemen alone. You know, we can body presence. We can double team. But when you're going to hit him, don't be beating your own linemen up, you know, and causing more problems for him. So, you, you know, we, we had a great unit of guys who would fight, you know, and that's what was beautiful about here. But, but having these guys up front and they know that they got a stud back there like Fred who can go to the house. I mean, we line up Monday night football, okay, to play against uh, Miami Dolphins. And I'll never forget. We decide we're going to go sprint 39. We get our top 15 plays and it's on there. So Fred comes to me and he says, hey, Fred. He goes, coach, coach, you know, he's been studying Zach Thomas. He said, I'm going to go to the house on this play. I said, Fred, now, can you at least set it up for us? Just set it up, all right? Not the first time. So he's going to Tony Baselli's side as it is anyway. You know, and Zach Thomas can run east and west all day long because he's got three, two damn good three techniques inside. Right, right. So Fred takes about three steps and reverses the field, and I think we've seen this highlight. And it's the first play of the game Monday night football. And Fred goes to the house. He said, I had that feeling. I said, thank God it worked. Attaboy. He, he, he had that, that cutback ability he had. Oh. was just, oh, my God. Like, Phenomenal. rare. Rare. Yes. Fred in another market, he would be, he'd be in there already. In another market. If Fred is at the Denver Broncos, 
I always watch. I always made the players watch the top plays in the league every week, and the scheme that Den, that Denver was running with Alex Gibb was phenomenal on the backside. Right, but he also paid for all their fines too, as far as jumping on the back of the leg. He was a questionable. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, all right, everybody runs and flows to the front side, but you cut off the backside, jumping on the back of their legs. That's a whole different right. deal. Right. But the magic that Fred brings in making a guy miss. He not only makes one guy miss when you say magic, he makes five or six guys miss. So he can beat you to the corner. He can make a guy miss. You know what I mean? He can catch You're not the pulling ball him down with one arm either. Not at all. No. Not at all. I think after he ran, who was it, Bo Orlando against Pittsburgh? Didn't they, didn't they cut him mm-hmm. after that game? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I remember that. <laughs> Fred ran him over. Right. So, and, and Fred is so humble. When he went through the injury phase, you know, and it really hurt his feelings when they won't call him fragile Fred. You know, Mike Strahan jumps on the back of his knee. He comes back, runs for 1,300 yards anyway. But Fred, he cries to me when it happens. You know, this is how humble he is. He says, Coach, what do you want to do? I said, Coach, go to church. I said, Fred, go to church. That's all you can do more. I said, you're, you're 3% body, 4% body fat, 228 pounds. You can go to the house. You do everything we ask you to do. Right. Everything. You're never a problem child. You're just trying to figure out how to do better and why is it happening to me. I said, it's hard to explain. All I can say is between you and God right now. <laughs> That's all I can say. I, I said, Fred, there's things we're going to get better at, things mm-hmm. that, you know, some tendencies here and there, but those kind of things, they're out of your control. It'll get better. You just got to hang in there and believe. The hardest problem for a player in the NFL is confidence. When you start to question your confidence, your ability, you're either done playing, you're about to be done. Mm. And when you get in that phase, is this, you know, a player who gets hurt and how long does it take for him to come back? You really have to instill that belief in that guy. You know what I mean? And Fred is the kind of guy that he never wants to feel he's not good enough for the people around him. Right. He really does care about his teammates, his players, and winning. He does do that. But he is special. There's no reason for him not to be in the Hall of Fame. There really is. So we talk about this all the time, and, and every time we talk about the, the Hall and the voting, I always bring this up, and I don't know why something like this hasn't happened. Um, I get it that the media and, and they vote, and I think that's fine. I like that, okay? But my point is, why can't there be at the end of this vote or before they make the final vote, you get like six former players, five, six <coughs> former players up there on the stage, okay? Doesn't have to be public. And they just ask them questions about each guy. Hey, tell me about this guy. Tell me about that guy. So you get player involvement in this thing. Because when it's it's said and done, it's kind of like Leon, Leon and I had talked that day that, you know, and he summed it up because I strongly believe Leon's a great Hall of Fame player because his punch is phenomenal. It's a joy to watch. When you watch a great boxer and you watch Tyson punch, you're watching this big guy. Right. <laughs> okay? Right. So, I mean, between the two, but his punch is phenomenal. You know, you just, you know, with with people like that, it doesn't take much to figure because they're peers. Right. And that's what Leon said to me, and he's absolutely right. Your peers would know more. And the respect that you actually get from your peers mm-hmm. that know what the, evalu- pro- the evaluation process goes into. every They've watched the tape. They've had to feel him. They've had to get hit by him. Right. They've watched Fred run 
and make them look embarrassing. Now, when you watch Barry Sanders, you say, oh, oh my God. You, yeah. If you're the guy on that highlight tape, you're saying, I can't believe for the rest of Broken my life. Broken ankles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to feel that, look at it. And you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yeah. Fred. You look at him again in that championship game against Miami Dolphins, okay, and you're – if you're a defensive player, you got to look at that tape and look at yourself and say, not everybody can do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's a special guy. Those guys should be considered in voting. There are some guys that are system guys. Mm-hmm. Okay? You got to make that distinction. A lot of players can, they can kind of tell you if a guy's a system guy or is he a, a one-on-one guy. Running back, what's he going to evaluate? What's he do one-on-one? Did he have great block? I don't care what his stats are. What was his what was his run yards after first contact? Did he make people miss? When did he make them miss? Does he also he played in a league where the yeah. run was valued? It, like it not totally like now where it's valued. a vertical well, passing. A lot league. of these guys wouldn't even make the Hall of Fame now if yeah. you're a runner. Yeah. If you don't let a guy sit back there at seven yards, seven and a half yards deep, old school, which really the 49ers are doing. They're doing mm-hmm. a lot of things that we did. Right. Mm-hmm. They're very functional and 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 if they want to attack you in the run, everybody says, well, you know what they're going to run, but you got to figure out what hole he's going to. Yeah. You couldn't figure out where Fred was going to go to. When you thought you had him bottled up, Boom, he's covered too. Back. He yeah. knew when he'd take the chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could either bounce it out or cut it back. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, he also understands run schemes. He literally I've, – I've had three guys that, that phenomenal at reading run schemes that we can both be on the same page that we can change a play. Tiki Barber is so extremely intelligent, okay? Fred Taylor, when it comes down to knowing where everybody's supposed to be, he ingrains in his head. The Pittsburgh game we talked about, he was in his zone. Mm-hmm. I'm literally got my hands in front of Fred's eyes. He could have ran for almost 300 yards that night. Now, we pulled him. Yeah. I mean, he went he, for, what, 234 or yeah. something like that. But, I mean, he easily yeah. could have. We, we knew what they were doing defensively. They weren't protecting their gaps. But when you had a guy like Fred, he was in the front side, the back side, to even outside of the guy who had contained. Yeah. If you slipped up and he could get you to slip up yeah. in that situation, he was going to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. But he could. But I had to turn around and tell Stacy Mack and say, hey, Stacy, you can't do what he does. Mm-hmm. All right? <laughs> yeah. We're paying you to plow it up in there, be a big back, and get what we need when he needs a break. Okay? Understand your value and how what you can do and stay within your limits, but don't do what Fred can do. Because yeah. I love what Fred can do. Not everybody can do it. Because when the gurus on defense try to figure out what hole Fred was going to, you better make sure everybody stayed in their proper gap because he will take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And if that end squeezed down, matter of fact, the one play in the uh, the uh, AFC Championship game against Miami Dolphins, we run this this we we design this. <laughs> whatever draw play to Leon's side, mm-hmm. all right? But Leon was going to double down inside, and the fullback was going to have on in. It was a draw play. And we re- we really weren't sure how it was going to turn out. But they happened to be in cover, too. They squeezed the end out so hard. And I'm trying to think who the linebacker was. It wasn't much of a hole. Mm-hmm. But Fred took it to the outside on an inside draw play. <laughs> but the way it was designed, it just kind of compact everything. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really what happened. And they lost contain, and he must beat, what, like seven people he made miss on that play and went to the house with Jimmy Johnson running down the sideline. Oh, so he beautiful. took he took a he took a an average play that we designed not knowing we thought we could have taken advantage of. It had nothing to do with the scheme. It had to do with Fred hmm. and the situation. Right. 
So you really have to be careful. To me, that accounts for something. You know, to wait on Tony Baselli, you think mm-hmm. it took that long to figure out he was that good? Yeah, true. No. Very true. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Yeah. Leon, it doesn't take that long. No. Now, they want to put all these other things. And then they, in the process of voting player, oh, did he go to so many Super Bowls? Yeah. Right. Well, neither did Barry Sanders. I mean, I mean, how many did Jim Brown go to? You know, a lot of these guys. Serious? Mm-hmm. Really? Dr. J got to play in how many? That doesn't negate that they were phenomenal players. Right. Evaluate, let the players who had played the game say, why couldn't I tackle Fred? Right. Why, I thought he was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? How did he break free of my tackle? Did he make me have to study harder? Did he make me have to play better? Was I in fear of him, of losing my job because of him? That's the quality of the player. Let yeah. the players vote in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, I was, I was just thinking about that, what you were saying, because – you know, right after I finished playing, or even when I played, like during the offseason when I was with the Jaguars, I would go up, I would talk to guys, and guys would come up to me and say, man, listen, you know you know how every defensive player comes in there. When your offense comes in there, they're, player, they're fear factors. Yes. Who do we need to stop in order for us to win games? And even guys that I talk to in the offseason, none but Fred. Yeah. Fred, none but Fred. Oh, he's special. Oh, he's special. I, and, he I mean, and if he goes in, Coach, I'm going to ask you this question. You probably know him best. He goes in the hall. Because everybody here in Jacksonville is rooting for him to go into the Hall. What do you think that's going to mean to him to be a Hall of Famer? Just knowing the person that he is, mm-hmm. it'll break him down. Mm-hmm. It'll break him down. He'll think about he'll think about you guys first. He'll think about the offensive linemen to help them get there. Mm-hmm. That's what he'll do. But he'll he'll break down in tears and say, you know what? I finally did it. I mean, I mean, your legacy is your legacy, mm-hmm. and that'll be the the final stop. Of football for him. He actually made it. He's got the jacket. And there's only one other person in Jacksonville history that has a jacket. Mm-hmm. And the door is finally open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the door. And, and look, coach, you know. we're talking with Gerald Ingram. If you're watching on YouTube, you can definitely enjoy the conversation with us. You can search 1010XL, go there, or you can hit us on the text line, designed by Lifetime It closes at 641-1010, because it's a great conversation. It's illuminating, I think, for a lot of people because Coach Ingram, coached Fred here and then all the other ones that we mentioned, James Stewart, Natron, and on and on and on. And then after TC was let go, you immediately, we were part of that staff up with the Giants, which meant Brandon Jacobs, Tiki Barber, Ahmad Bradshaw. You can go down the line with the guys that are there. All right, so listen to this, Coach, and I'm sure you've looked at this, but if you're just rattling off running backs that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and just alphabetically, Jerome, or excuse me, Marcus Allen, Jerome Bettis, Earl Campbell, Terrell Davis, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett, Marshall Falk, Franco Harris, uh, Edron James. He was one of the more recent ones. Yeah. Uh, and then you can go back in time when you have some of the older ones. Curtis Martin, definitely deserving. And in the same era uh, as Freddie T. Uh, and then the great Walter Payton, John Riggins, uh, Barry Sanders, like you mentioned. Uh, O.J. is in there. Uh, Emmett's in there. Thurman Thomas. LaDainian Tomlinson. And so – wouldn't you, if you're having any conversation on great running backs, you wouldn't hesitate to put Fred in, in, in that company, would you? Oh, to be honest, I, I, I would put him above a few of those people. Okay. To be honest, because when you look pound for pound mm-hmm. for all the things that Fred can do and has done, I mean, Fred beat Woodson one-on-one in a flanked-out situation. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's beaten a lot of quality all-pro and Hall of Fame linebackers. 
he's beaten some some very good secondary players in the Hall of Fame as well. I think you know when when you know, and, and I think it was uh, if I recall the situation that happened with Jim Brown, and he said when he saw Fred and he studied Fred, he's exceptional and he's special. When you have a peer like that's that, the stamp saying something like that yeah, right. about you in that category, you have something special. Don't sit there and look at the yards. Right. Don't look at it. Look at the quality of what that athlete can do. Mm-hmm. He's big. He's strong. He's sudden. He has balance. He has all the qualities that some of the top ten players have had, and probably more, mm-hmm. because for his size, how many times can he go to the he can finish a runoff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that, that go through his head. When you used to look at Barry Sanders and say, his head would stay to the eye, his eyes to the goal line. It's just like all the other pieces just happen to be in front of him. Sometimes I felt that way about Fred. They're just pieces in front of him, and he's logically, quickly thinking about how I can set this guy, how I can set that guy up, mm-hmm. why it worked, it didn't work. He knew when to take chances. You know, and everybody wants to say, you know, that critique run him. Oh, he dances in the hall. Oh, he does this. Oh, he's patient. How do you want it? <laughs> How do you want it? Yeah. I said, oh, guy hits the hole. He doesn't hit the hole hard enough. Oh, he's patient. Oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. I said, well, I guess Barry doesn't make it. I guess Walter Payton doesn't make it. As many times he had to stutter. Mm-hmm. It's timing. It's knowing yeah. your lineman. It's knowing when they actually have a chance to get to the double-team linebacker. Your, your lineman respect that you actually understand – what he has to get done. Exactly. Yeah. They respect that. You know, and he used to say to running backs and say, hey, if our linemen are knocking the ball and knocking the guys off the ball, get to the hole fast, you can line up cheat tighter. Mm-hmm. If they need a little bit more, it's okay to line up just a little bit further. I'm not worried about what the defense thinks. They still gotta figure out where you're going. Yeah. And if you're going. Yeah, with that lightning speed too. Like one of our uh listeners says, Fred Taylor played at roughly the same size as the great Jim Brown, six one, two thirty, except mm-hmm. Freddie T ran a 4440. Oh. JB in the 50s didn't necessarily need that because that's the evolution of the body. All right, yes. so we're going to evolve into the one o'clock hour. One more segment with Coach Ingram. You know, he can take over our show if he wants to. He knows that. We know that. <laughs> yep. All right, but uh, just a little bit about Freddie's chances. And like we said, any, any Hall of Fame discussion you want to throw out there, and then maybe a little bit, because I know you keep an eye on today's. Jaguars, as far as where you think they might be able to go. We'll do that coming up. I'm Okama Beer Company Monday. Gerald Ingram, former running backs coach for your Jacksonville Jaguars, hoping, like many of you out there, that Freddie T can make it into the hall. Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room at Fernandina Beach. All right, we're having a good time. Gerald Ingram, former running backs coach for your Jacksonville Jaguars. He also Followed TC up to New York. That means he's got rings to wear uh, with a couple of Super Bowl titles up there. The question was asked earlier, will this team make it to the Super Bowl uh, with Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback? We're going to put Gerald on the spot before we're done here. But we're going to hang out with him for one more segment. You can definitely follow us on YouTube. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, uh, and JJ. Minus Mia today, she's out at the Players Media Day. But... Coach, when, when, when you name some of the things that he does, and I swear to you, from the time you were on the phone with us a few weeks back, I'll never forget the word suddenness because I think that is a great adjective to describe uh, Freddie T. And then we just rolled through all the great running backs that are in the hall, and you said you had no hesitation putting him in. How tough do you think it will be? Now that he's finally made the finalist list, 
to be recognized the way you think he should? Well, I think, you know, if there was a year that really makes a difference is this year, now that the door, the door is open, having Tony Baselli been there, mm-hmm. um, it's a waiting game, and it's a numbers game. Um, but he's definitely well-deserving of it. I think he's in a group of people where he has a chance this year of getting there. You know, if it doesn't happen this year, it has to happen next year. But for mm-hmm. sure, this is his year, I think. I think he's in the same company, if not better. And I think if it was up to his peers voting that he would be in, and uh, it'd be a no-brainer situation. The, you know, what the mention that he adds to the game is that special that that other running backs have got to sit there and say, you know what, I did what I can do, but I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I just can't do that. And that's I can't do that into certain defenses. That's to Matt's point. Don't you wish more would speak up? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, and that's my thing too, Gerald. Is like, do you think enough of that voting group that votes for the Hall? Do you think they know that? That's the problem mm-hmm. because it took so long for them to come around to Tony. Well, you know, we live in this world of egos. No matter who it is, right? And everybody wants to be the one to say that they have the answer. And there's some people making judgment on people that shouldn't be making that kind of judgment. Um, I think when it does come down to the wire, you can say what you want as as a writer or this and that and so forth. You have your own criterias. But I don't think they're going to be in line with the players. I think that's the difference. So I don't know how you do it. It's 50-50 or whatever it is. But I think it has to come down to the peers that literally have played the game. To make decisions, is a guy a system type guy? Is he, you know, obviously if he is he a third corner? Is a nickel guy? Is this? But he isn't a true corner. You know, there's there's a lot of people that want to say, hey, he's a Tampa two guy. He's this, he's that. Well, can he actually play? Does he have speed? Does he have suddenness? Does he have balance? Can he backpedal? Can he break? Does he make interceptions? Right. What does he do individually? Is he rare? That's rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the exception. We've all seen those great quarterbacks that have come out of the U and, and Florida and, and a lot of other places that we all projected across the country that are going to be first-round great players, and all of a sudden they got to play with the big boys. <laughs> and it's a different story. You're playing with grown men. You know, Sometimes you just don't want to believe the hype, believe the play. Right. Okay? Because it's different. It's different in high school. When you go to high school to college and college to the NFL, some people mature later and can play at a Division three and become a great player in the NFL. They can be overlooked in high school and become a great NFL player based on desire, knowledge, and ability to perform. Some guys get caught up in the pressures of playing the game. They can't show themselves, hmm. you know, obviously. And that's my, that's my feeling of Tim Tebow, that, you know, you're this phenomenal player that we all want you to play. But all of a sudden you get at the next level and it's like you question everything you do. You Mm. can't play at that level if you have to question everything you do. Some people have that ability to just go out and play. And some people have that ability like Ray Lewis said, I'm going to go out and play, but you know what? I'm going to study harder. I'm going to do everything I can to represent my legacy every single play. So your name on your back means something. That's the kind of guy Fred is. His name on his back means something because of where he comes from, the pride he has to have to stand up to people, have to fight for people, 
You know, been you know, some people fight all their lives, and they really don't know how to get out of a hole. Fred's one of those guys who knows how to get out of a hole. He's just you got to respect it out of him. He's mm-hmm. different. He's special. He's fought for this. He is who he is, and deserving of who he is. Coach, when that yellow jacket comes on, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's done. It's, mm-hmm. it's that's it. And you know what, Coach? Listen, I, I I may be a little biased, but I was even a biased about three years ago where people were when we were trying to get Baselli in, and I used to say, "Listen, all you got to do is watch the film." I mean, do you watch the film? Do you know that how this man dismantled people when he played in the game? The same thing goes with Fred. Just watch the film. Right. And I get so sick and tired of the Hall of Fame because, listen, I played with a guy who I consider one of the greatest offensive linemen I played it with. Mm-hmm. And I know people are saying, well, you know, Baselli. No, I'm talking about Damani Dawson. Yes. Damani oh. Dawson. You know it took Damani oh. Dawson five tries to get into the Hall of yes. Fame? Five. Phenomenal. That's tries. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. They talking about Kelsey. Damani. Was doing that back then. He oh. was pulling and killing people. Yes. It was amazing to watch a guard, a center like that, with that athleticism, that athleticism and strength and power. Oh. I tell people that. I mean, I said, I mean, Demonte Dawson was the type of person who would whoop your ass on Sunday, but bake your cookies on Monday. Yes, <laughs> one of the nicest people. <laughs> the yeah. nicest, met the pro one of the nicest people you ever meet yeah. in your life. All right, yes. so. I love it because when you when you hear people in the business, they understand it better than maybe a lot of us on the outside. So the question was asked earlier, Trevor Lawrence, as, as we said, if you're picked that high, great things are expected of you. How do you think this team has performed with him as the start of the last couple of years, and where do you see it going? Well, I, I think he's, you know, we all started with, you know, it's a strange situation how he started. Mm-hmm. And everything has to start with your quarterback. Okay, and it's got to start also start with your offensive line and your D line, but you got to have leaders. Okay, and some people used to question in New York about Eli's leadership, and the Eli's leadership is by example. Okay, mm-hmm. now we're seeing the type of person we have, you know Eli is. Mm-hmm. Eli was always a prankster, but when you have a guy on your on your team like Mike Strahan, you know Tom used to say all the time, he goes, "I can't do what I do unless you." And that's be genuine, hardworking, and making the players accountable to everything without making excuses, okay? Without making excuses. But when you have a guy like Mike Strahan and when you had a guy here like Calais Campbell, you can't put a price tag on leadership. <laughs> yeah. You really can't. Mm-hmm. It's an uphill battle because you got men that play for different reasons. You know, Dick Drawn, who used to be a coach here and NFL head coach, used to say, you know what? I played in the NFL. Guys are motivated for a lot of different reasons. And Dick would say, I don't care how you play. You play for women. You play for partying. You play for a lot of different reasons other than the team a lot of times. But we're trying to get you to play as a team. Like Bo Schembeck would say, the team, the team, the team. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay? But it is the NFL. Just be motivated. If I have to motivate you, you're not going to be in the league long. Mm. Okay? You're wasting all of our time by being – it's okay – when you have leadership to say you're an extension of me on the field and Tom Brady, you got a guy like that, Belichick, to say, hey, I can be who I want to be. I can put the demands I have because I have that leadership that's going to get in that grill of that player who can't focus long enough. He doesn't mean to. He just can't focus long enough, and he needs enough guys out there like Leon and Tony mm-hmm. that aren't afraid to get in their grill in the right. locker room and say the way it is. 
it's not personal. Bo Schembecker, I got into coaching. He said, you know what? I grew up with it. Woody Hayes playing. I played for Woody. I coached for Woody Hayes. The foot up your ass. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know anything different. <laughs> but I want the players to grow and understand that this is not personal. I want my assistant coaches to understand that I'm not the legend that everybody thinks. Bo used to say, he says, I'm not the legend. It's these coaches here and these players that buy in, that the hype is created by me. I'm a young coach, and I'm like, dang, is that what it I wish I would have known that years ago. I'm still trying to get the foot out of my ass. Okay? <laughs> Why'd you do that, Bob? But his, but it, but his <laughs> but whole – He's his trying whole, to build men. Yeah, his whole those yeah. who stay will be champions That's is that. the whole That's thing. Exactly those who be champions. Right. You know, those who are willing to focus long <clears throat> enough. Can this team in Jacksonville focus long enough? Because they're all human. Mm-hmm. I don't care what team you are. You go through family deaths. You go through all kinds of issues. Kids. All of that. And you still have to win. When you come in through that door for the hours that you're there, mm-hmm. you're putting the time in. There's some guys that have the ability to take it home with them. If that happens, that's great. It's like Antonio Pierce. Mm-hmm. We had Antonio in New York. Antonio never left the building. We brought him in. He never left the building. He <laughs> was there when the players left. He was there as long as we were as a staff many times. When you had that as a player. That's dedication. Because that, that's mm-hmm. dedication. All right, that's half the battle. You you see it. When you see players, you know, when we're coming out of the, the practice and they're still in the meeting rooms, as we go upstairs after dinner, you know, and they're taking their leadership groups, you know, who are the true leaders here in Jacksonville Jaguars? Great question. Who mm-hmm. are the leaders? And uh, who are the group the and who are the group leaders to make sure that the DBs do their job? Who's accountable as their group? Who's a crown as a D lineman? Who's, a, who's the guy up front? We knew who the guys up front were. You weren't going to mess with these two guys. Mm-hmm. You weren't. Okay? You, you, you're just going to, hey, join in line. Mm-hmm. Okay? Or you might get turned around and get your ass kicked. I watched mm-hmm. Tony Baselli damn near fight Steve, Bern- <laughs> Steve Burline <laughs> on the sideline. Serious. <laughs> Unbelievable. Over a three-step drop. <laughs> Serious, we got to peel him off, over Tony. Th- over oh. three steps, he took a sack on a three-step drive. Get the ball off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tony was saying. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> that ain't counting on my stat sheet. It ain't a five-step or a seven-step. Get the right. ball. I don't care. Throw it up. Ten. Tony said, I don't care. Get the ball out. Yeah. Up in the stand. <laughs> But we ain't taking a sack on a three-step drop. <laughs> All right. That was a fight on the sideline. <laughs> well, he was young. And Tony was young then. Didn't matter. Tony knew football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. Yeah, he, uh, he was just a rook at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because Burline was gone after that. Uh, go figure. Tell me pride in, in the meeting rooms like who give up a sack, Leo. Hmm? Tell me there's a pride oh, going absolutely. on now. Is it? Yeah, it was competition. They're going to look at you now. Competition every day. <laughs> yeah, now, Leo, before Coach goes, do you want to let him, like, Talk about Michigan and, and Harbaugh and all that. Well, I, listen, I, I listen, I, 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 Coach. I'm gonna sit here and tell you, I was the only person to pick y'all to win to start the season. I'm glad. You all right, so I gave you your flowers. <laughs> all right, so I rode the train all the way into the love, stop. All right, love. I rode it all the way in. So, so I, I, it's gonna be special, Coach. You know that that parade. I mean, I don't know if they let the former alumni be a part of it, but I think that uh, you being a former alum, alumnus, you should definitely be in the parade some capacity. Oh, that would be nice. I have my two parades. It's about them. Well, Super Bowl parade is hard was, to beat, Coach. I mean, Two Super Bowl parades. You know, you know what's fantastic about playing in Michigan is that you play in front of 107, 110,000 people. You're in the middle of that field. <clears> it doesn't feel that much. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the game, to have everybody come out 
rushing on that field. I wanted to rush on the field. Mm-hmm. We only had that situation one time. Anthony Carter wins the game against Indiana University as the final play of the game. What a great player. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Here in Florida, down south. Yeah. 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 Florida schools couldn't get him. Michigan did. But to have a night game at Michigan, I would have loved. They didn't have that then. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. To have yeah. people, the fans, the commitment, to everybody. That's why I tell everybody, I said, if there's one NFL game you need to go, and this is all people out there, go to Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Not in the wintertime. It's experience cold. it. Experience it. Experience Lambeau Field. It's a great feeling. The history there, the people there. They're all in. It's like being a cup. Remember our first couple of years here at Jacksonville, how it felt? Oh, you thought, yeah. you thought you were at a Florida State or a Florida yeah, game. Yeah, right? Yeah. It was electric. Yeah. It was electric. It really was. It was special. Everything that happened when we beat Denver and Denver and all those people lined up here. And I thought we were so close a year ago here at Jacksonville. But I think this year was a learning mm-hmm. experience for the Jaguars that Everybody thought you were going to be the team. You got to show up and be the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta so there's it. a lot of humbling moments yeah. this year yeah. for yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Coaches, players, you didn't, you thought you did enough. Mm-hmm. You didn't do enough psychologically to your team. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody, from the GM everybody. all the way down to the players. You assumed yeah. that you, now, you thought now we're as good as anybody. Well, everybody's good in the NFL. Mm hmm. What are you going to do to make sure people are accountable to doing everything? If you're all in, you're all in. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't care what group it is. You're not as good as you thought you were. Yeah. You're not. So, Coach, Coach show them it's how good. It's got to mean something. Coach, throw up those two fingers and let them show how good they should be. I was just going to say, the, the thumping you <laughs> hear is yeah, a Super Bowl ring going against the table. Yeah, exactly. All right. and, 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 I, and I'm blessed to have two. But, you know, when you win the Super Bowl, I have to tell you, it, it, it's – it's the best feeling in the world. You know, it's almost like Rocky. It really <laughs> is. You think about all the things that happen in one year. You think about it. And it comes down to one final play. Because in yeah. both games, New England Patriots hadn't lost a game. And luckily, we played them the last game of the season. And they knew they were in trouble. Even up to the game. Tom Coffin gave a great speech talking to the team. And he talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I told these guys at Jimmy Smith's induction, Tom talked about the Jaguars, that we were the best team in the NFL, and that was our moment. And he played uh, Eminem's song. Mm-hmm. Um, TC's cool that way. Yeah. yeah. And he played <laughs> yeah. that with a highlight. Yeah. And he said, I want you guys to experience what these guys didn't get a chance to because they should have. Okay? Whatever happened, happened. You know, it should have been us and the Rams. We would have beat the Rams. You know, I tell Kurt Warner all the time. We had Kurt for you, <laughs> great person. I said we were the best team in the NFL, and you should have been playing us. And he told that team that this is our shot, no matter what it is. We're gonna do everything like it's just a normal game to win. When you prepare this week, last week, and what they did, typically you treat it like it's an extra week to learn about everything. Your coaches actually started watching film before then. You have to. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have enough time. Right. As a coach, you have to whittle everything down. It's the Super Bowl. You don't want guys to feeling that this game's bigger than it is. It's still a game that you got to win. It's a game of 60 to 70 plays that you have to win that mentally 
who's going to crack first? All You're right. both good, but who's going to crack yep. first yeah. and who's going to get out of that crack at the end of the game? Unfortunately, we're out of time, but we will do it again. I know we will. I know we will. I got that feeling. Coach, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Love Jacksonville. We appreciate it. Appreciate you, Coach. Gerald Ingram, Mm -hmm. former Jaguars running backs coach, and he's still in town ready to talk it up when it comes to football. It's Mokama Monday on XL Primetime. Head to the tap room at Fernandina Beach every day that ends with Y and enjoy some Mokama. Great conversation with Gerald Ingram, former running backs coach for your Jacksonville Jaguars with Tom Coughlin. He was here in 1995, stayed all the way through 2002 uh, as part of TC staff, and then rejoined uh, TC up in New York in 2004 and coached all the way through uh, 2013. So you think about that. He was here with the trailers. As he as he mentioned, yeah. a couple Super Bowl rings – and it still came down to two great plays. The David Tyree catch mm-hmm. and the Mario Manningham catch were enormous moments in Super Bowl history. Enormous. Uh, and so those are the types of plays you have to have. You could be just as good as the other one, Leon. And it's those yeah. handful of plays you look back on. Yeah, you know what? I I, I think it's an opportunity to ask. Oh, by the way, Coach was outstanding. He was great. You know, not only was he a good coach, but he's a good friend. Knows the game of football from head to toe, especially at the running back position. Well, the one thing I wanted to be able to ask Coach is this: is that you know that that week, that last game of the season when the Giants played the New England Patriots, the New mm-hmm. England Patriots was seventeen and zero, and the New York Giants, you know, took them to the wire. Should have won the game. Didn't end up winning the game. The Patriots eighteen and zero. I was going to ask him how confident was his week preparation going into that game knowing that they had an opportunity to win that game week 18 well what was it week 17 17 week 17 and didn't and, and did that encourage them moving forward throughout that week that they could go toe to toe with the time I remember watching that game mm-hmm. and you know it it always has a little bud light blur to it but I do remember watching that game and I love the fact that TC went into that game and said we're going to play him straight up we don't – and I, I can't – I think they might have been a wild card that year. I'm trying to remember if they won the division. One of the years they were wild card and went all the way. Well, they're not, they were 9-7 yeah. and seven that year. Okay, so they – They were 9-7. And, seven. and yeah, we're were. just going to play them straight up. Mm-hmm. And then the decision on the other side was should we rest our players because they were perfect mm-hmm. or should they not? And they chose because they wanted to have that perfect record in the regular season to go 16-0. and 0. <clears throat> And I'm telling you what, it was a great game. And right then and there – you looked at it and you go, okay, I don't care if that team's 16-0 and and that team's 9-7. and If they meet again, I like this 9-7 and club mm-hmm. to beat them just because of what they could do pass pressure-wise. Yeah. That's what that well, was. I mean, it's, yeah, it's also it's also I was I wanted to ask coach because it's also mental gymnastics to be quite honest with you because you know that you played this team the last week of the season you know it's in the Super Bowl you know what kind of trouble they gave you in that game and that they played you straight up. And then they have to see him again in the Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. as confident as, as Brady and them were, 18-0, I'm pretty sure they they were not happy to see that Giants team again in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Right. That, that's what I mean by that. That is, They know they know that, that that week 17 They knew they week, got away with one. They got away with one. It's like, man, we got okay, we we, we got to see this, this team again. I mean, you, you don't go into that game thinking – we're going to blow this team out. You know this team gave you matchup problems. Mm-hmm. And then if it comes down to it, it's going to have, you're going to have to win it in the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure that New England Patriots team was like, 
we don't want to make this a fourth quarter game. Mm-mm. We definitely want to make this fourth quarter game because this team is tough. And especially when you start getting knocked around uh, as far as that pass pressure up front. Mm-hmm. It, it really is such a big theme. All right, so let me just name a few prop bets right now. And then as we go to break, uh, J.J. will set up our first. And basically, we're not going to, like, herd you in uh, by the tens. We're going to get a handful uh, each segment, let you get in our prop bets, put a couple of you on the air, uh, but most of them J.J. will handle it. But we're going to have all the different prop bets. Pre-game, how long's the national anthem? Reba is singing the national anthem. I love Reba. I love Reba. 89 and a half seconds is the over-under. Uh, we got the coin toss, all the basic stuff, color of, of the winning coach, what color Gatorade is going to be poured on them, purple, blue, yellow, green, lime, orange, red, whatever it might be. So we'll be asking that question. Uh, total touchdowns made. This is kind of interesting. If you guys are picking a score in your head, five and a half total touchdowns is the over-under. Would you go over that? I, I feel like I might go over that because I've actually seen a lower number. Yeah, I, I okay. saw both team. You can bet either team at two and a half. Right. So, so right, I so guess they here, just wanted to get the half in there. To yeah. Make it so a, this is kind un, of interesting number. because Chiefs total and 49ers total are both two and a half. Right. But the total is over five and a half. Or over under. So that would make you think you should just bet the under just because you Based feel like you're that. getting a half point. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so all you know, defensive or special teams touchdowns going to be scored. And I just want all y'all to know, when you call in, you're going to have to answer at least one Swifty prop. Okay? JJ will include at least one Swifty prop. Like, will Swift be said <clears throat> by either team during a play call? Now, we're going to have to leave this up to the people who listen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm not a very good listener. Now, that's a hard one. Yeah, that's a hard one to police. We're going to have to trust Vegas on Because, this you know, you have the on-field mics. They don't pick yeah. up everything. They, nope. they pick up some things. And we used to always hear Peyton, you know, Omaha. 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 So you're betting that you're going to hear probably the Chiefs. Yeah. So we'll just see. Out. So. And, and, and uh, we'll have to rely on Vegas to give play us. After Taylor yeah. Swift. Let me go back to the five and a half yeah. touchdowns real quick. Okay, yeah. last yeah. six games, Chiefs have scored total points mm-hmm. against the Raiders, thirty-four; against the Bengals, forty-two; against the Chargers, twenty-five; against the Dolphins, thirty-three; against the Bills, fifty-one; against Baltimore, twenty-seven. A lot of field mm-hmm. goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not the same. They're not the same Chiefs. They're winning. No. They're not the same Chiefs. Yeah, but I don't remember the games you're going through as far as the way they. The number of points. Total points. Yeah. Okay, both total. Teams. Total okay, points. I got you. That's okay. why you said five and a half touchdowns. Yeah, five and a half, yeah. So but that's so, for both um, teams combined. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that might be under. Yeah, it might be, especially with the way both of these defenses play. All right, so, J.J., you get the honors, 6-4-1-10-10. Let's get two or three of you lined up. Uh, we're going to give you three prop bets. If you get them right, you go in the drawing for as many prizes as we crank out from all of my beer boys and the Golf Club of Southampton. So be ready. 641-1010. You can give JJ a shout. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. One of our good dudes that we always like to check in on and see how things are down in O-Town. And the reason for this phone call is because he was down where – well, where a flag football game took place. The Pro Bowl is now being played with flags and no better guy to enjoy a flag football game than one Mike Bianchi of the game down in Orlando and the Orlando Sentinel. Mikey, how are you? 
Yeah, in fact, I picked the AFC to win the Pro Bowl. I lost the bet on Hard Rock Fest. In fact, I bet big money on it. But I figured I could just get my money back because isn't that what the Jaguars do? You just call up the draft teams and say, hey, can I get that $20 million back that our employee lost? Yeah, I don't think the Seminole tribe is ready to give you that money back like FanDuel uh, is. And the, Jagu- the Jaguars are saying, hey, um, about that $20 million that our employee cost us. Yeah, what do you say you just, give us that back? Let's just call it even, okay? You see how JoJo just set you up with that, Bianca? Oh, yeah. Just set you up with that little joke there just for you. Dude, honestly, real quick, just stay there before we get to the Pro Bowl. How bad is that? That's terrible. I would not have like wanted that to leak out that I wanted my – Wanted the twenty million dollars back that my mid-level manager stole from us after three and a half years, and we didn't we didn't notice. <laughs> Oive, Oive, oh. my friend. All right, let's talk about the Pro Bowl. How All bad right. is it that Orlando gets to host a flag football game and it's and it? it like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm looking at Leon right now, and Leon's like, "Don't you talk bad about that about Pro Bowl status?" Leon, you tell him we drew sixty thousand here in your hometown. Did they? For the Pro Bowl game. Wow. We are desperate wow. for football. Yeah. And we wanted How? to prove that when the Jaguars are getting their stadium renovated up there back in 2026, 2027, Orlando would be a prime second home How? for the Jags. Mike, how long was the ping pong ball in the fish bowl game? How was, how was that one? <laughs> I, I don't know, but before the that, wasn't that football, Wasn't that one of the games at the Pro Bowl? I mean, it's like the state fair, wasn't it? Hey, they were t- – they were so excited about having the NFL in town down here in Orlando before the flag football game started, which was the main event yesterday. They were having they were having centers, like centers and long snappers, hike the ball at target. And if you you know if you if you got if you hit the target, you know you get so many points. And like the fans were cheering for the long snappers who were hitting the target. Now, yeah. all, not, not, all jokes aside, aren't they doing some renovation at the? Uh, Camping world right now as we speak. Well, they just approved four hundred million, a four hundred million dollars in mm-hmm. renovations. It hasn't started yet, but it's going to start uh, probably within the next three or four months, and they hope to have it done. In all seriousness, by the time the Jaguars are going to start their renovation, because they hope to get the Jaguars down here at least for a year, or at least for a few games during one of the seasons that the Jaguars are going to be. Uh, uh, probably out of their stadium. So, Bianc, that's also with an eye toward um, playoff games, future college football playoff games, right, as well? Yeah, college football playoff games. You know, you know obviously the, the first two years of the college football playoff are set, but after that, it's, you know, they're going to probably open it up for bid. We don't know what the format's going to be. We don't know how many teams it's going to be. It's 12 teams in the next two years. But, hell, the SEC and the Big Ten are, aren't they having a big meeting here uh, very soon. soon, very soon, and it could yeah, be so the SEC easily and Big be 16 teams. Yeah. They want more teams than yeah. that, so yeah. who knows what's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure every, you know, Tampa, Jacksonville, Orlando, everybody's going to be bidding for these college football playoff games. All right, Bianca, you know the question was coming, okay? Um, your Gator beat writer, Edgar Thompson, spoke with Scott Strickland about Billy Napier. Mm-hmm. Um, and Strickland's behind him completely. And, and we've been saying on this show that it's, you know – there's a narrative out there. Well, well, he needs to win eight games. Imagine now how the the bar has been lowered now, Bianca, at Florida, to where you need to win eight games and you're good. Yeah, Ron Zook wishes he was at Florida right, right. now. He's, 
He'd be a hero. The Zucker, <laughs> Zucker would be a hero of Florida right now. But yeah, I mean, but, but seriously, what what is Scott Strickland gonna say right yeah. now? Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say you're behind him right now when the season has hasn't even started. But you know, you look at their schedule next year. Obviously, the final five games are brutal. So if they get off to a slow start, I mean, you know, they've got they've got Miami. Uh, they've got. I think they have UCF in the fifth game. All right, at the swamp. If they if they lose lose the UCF at the swamp, I don't think Scott Strickland will be saying, you know, Billy Napier's not on the hot seat. Right. Yeah, I, I think the way to look at it, if you're a Gator fan, we're talking with Mike Bianchi at Bianchi Rights on X. Of course, the Orlando Sentinel and the game down in Orlando. That that if if they're looking at the reality of just how difficult the schedule is, Mikey, and trying to like expect more from Billy given what we've seen to this point against that schedule how successful can he possibly be going into 24 well I mean again you if he could if he could win seven games this year I think that would be that obviously would be an improvement because he hasn't had a winning season yet in his first two years but yeah I mean look at just go look at the final five games. I mean, Florida State, Georgia, Ole Miss, um, LSU. Uh, I don't. I can't remember. Is it ten? I don't remember who the fifth one is. But mm-hmm. their their final five games are brutal. All right, and, and their and you know, and their non conference schedule is Florida State, which they play every year. Miami, which is uh, you know, uh, is that their season opener? I think this year. Yeah, Miami. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Miami, Florida State, and UCF is, you know, hell, UCF beat them in the Gasparilla Bowl a couple years ago. So that's that's a brutal schedule. And if they can win seven games, and, you know, I know Gator fans don't want to hear this, but if they win seven games, I think Billy Napier has probably done a hell of a job. You are not saying that right now. You are yeah, not saying that. You hear the man? <laughs> yeah. What happened to you? Like you're you're like lowering the bar now to seven. Yeah, that's coaching. Now the it's year seven wins, Bianc. Hey, well, uh, it, it beats five. All right, <laughs> it's the toughest schedule in the country. I'm just being realistic. All right, if you, you know, I'm not going to be like Jeff Proster and think they should go. You know, uh, you know, eleven win eleven games this year. I'm looking at it realistically, and I'm saying, okay, if you look at the schedule right now. What would be a good season based on what they have right now and looking at the schedule? If you look at that, just singularly, not taking Billy Napier's previous two years into account, if you look at this season singularly with their schedule, I think seven wins would be a hell of a season. Wow. So, Bianchi, all. A hell of a season. A hell of a season. That's, why, that's why we are officially a winner wow. in Spring Sports uh, University over there in Gainesville. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Wow. All right, so Bianchi, August thirty first. Who's going to be a, who's going to be the starting quarterback, and who you want to be the starting quarterback for the Gators? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not well, going to matter. Murphy's going to be the starting quarterback. What about Lagway? Yeah, I don't think you're going to put Lagway in. <laughs> if Billy Napier has to win this year, I don't think he's going to put DJ Lagway in and just let him learn on the job for the first few games. I mean, if he doesn't. If he doesn't win a few games coming out of the box, then he's you know, then you know, then he's then he's going to be done. He's no, he's got to put Mertz in. Mertz is you know, Mertz decided to come back. Um, yeah, I don't. 
Now, if 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 it were if if he were a first year coach and this were his first year, yeah, maybe you roll with DJ Lagway and let him gain some experience, and you know he's your quarterback of the future. But if if you're on the hot seat and you guys seem to think he went needs to win nine games or something this year, you have to you have to go with the guy who gives you the best chance early in the season, don't you? Well, I mean, what if this spring Lagway? That was a great spring. Outperforms, and you're still going to play Mertz. Roll him out. No, yeah, I'm, I, I'm play. I mean, I'm rolling with Mertz early in the season. I mean, the guy did lead the SEC in passing percentage last year. I realized they didn't throw the ball downfield a lot, but Graham Mer- I mean, you can criticize Billy Napier a lot for a lot of things he's done and his lack of recruiting and his lack of success uh, compared to Mike Norvell in the transfer portal. But the one thing he has done right is he, he got Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz has turned out to be pretty damn good. That's Billy that's Billy Napier's best find. So I wish far. you could see Leon laughing right now. I never I, thought Mike would be hypnotized by this. Uh, by, by the, the Billy, the Billy uh, curse. Or oh my God, the, Bianca, like, this is what it's come to. Like, like the Billy Napier era of Florida has come to you saying <laughs> him getting Graham Mertz is a good move. And seven wins is enough. Uh, are you – I mean, are you are you guys disagreeing that Graham Mertz wasn't a, a, a decent find in he's, the transfer? He's Charlie Checkdown. Yeah, that's but, all they did. Okay. The, the the biggest damning thing for for Billy, honestly, is that he couldn't get a better quarterback to come in. Uh, a bunch of no's and then a yes from from Graham Mertz. He did make him better than he was up he at did. He absolutely did. Yeah, yes. he did make him better. All right, Bianc, uh, we only got so much time left, and I, I have to ask Man, you about You guys are tough. The guy leads the SEC in passing percentage. Will you yeah. stop it? Yeah. Just yeah. stop it right now. Stop. <laughs> All right, now listen. I got to ask you about that. Uh, I, yeah. I know you guys aren't as tough on Trevor Lawrence as you are on Graham Mertz. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, there, we man. are. Yeah, we're we're hitting that one hard no, too. No, they're not. Yeah, sixty turnovers in three yeah. years. Yeah, how about yeah. that, Bianc? Sixty turnovers in three years. Yeah, not good. No bueno. All right, I, the cramp, <laughs> cramping World Stadium because uh, I don't know whether they're going to be able to yeah. try and, and, and I don't know how nice the stadium is, Bianchi. Uh, well, from, it's still not going to. It's still not going to be like you know SoFi Stadium. I mean, it, it'll be. Funk is it'll be at least they won't have at least they won't have bleacher seats in the upper deck. They'll have actual chair backs in the upper deck. Well, nice. it's funny because like nice. right now, if let's just use the football, you know, the head coach of University of Florida as an example. Right now, Camping World Stadium is Billy, and it needs to get up to Steve or Herb, and and that's the level well, that it needs to be. Is not going to do it then. Yeah, and I don't know whether no, that's no, going. No, no, I mean, no, it's not. Camping World Stadium will be. A functional stadium that I mean, it'll have better suites. It'll have you know, it'll have some amenities. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not NFL standard stadium like some of these. Like when the Jaguars get done with their two billion dollar palace, I mean, right. that's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, beautiful. This will just be, this will just be functional. I mean, Orlando, Orlando's calling card is it's a great place for tourists to come if you're having these big events right there's something for them to do right. to you know when they're when they're in town that's nothing Orlando. and that. they're nothing wrong with and their hotels are unbelievable down here right. that that's their big event for these that, that's their big calling card for trying to lure these big time sporting events to town all right since we haven't visited with you in a while in college football just leave us on, on this note because I'm looking at Leon and the and the big games that he played in at the U. I'm looking at Matt and all the you know the, the the years of covering great football in the state. You, of course, me, you know all. Would you have ever imagined that 
Gus Malzahn and UCF uh, moving into the Big 12, that's the team that you cover all the time, would have as much chance uh, to win as Florida and Miami have right now in big conference games. I'm going to put FSU at the top right now because that's where they belong, but could you have ever imagined that? Well, I mean, you saw it back in 2017, 2018 when Frost and Heupel were there and they went back to back and beat. But again, they were in the American Athletic Conference then, but they were they were a good team. They were recruiting well. And once hey, let me tell you something. When you once UCF gets gets um you know, starts getting the money influx, they haven't even started making Big Twelve money yet. I mm-hmm. mean they haven't gotten a full share of the forty million dollar a year T V paycheck that Florida, Florida State, Miami have been getting for years and years and years. I, I've said all along, you put UCF in a major conference, give them that, that exposure, give them that TV money, and wait five or six years, and they can compete. And uh, I, I think we're – you know, I'm not saying if they'd have gone into the SEC this past year, they would have had a winning record. But give, give them five or six years. UCF's a hell of a, pro, a, hell of a university. It's growing. And I, I think they're going to be big time in five or six years. Good yeah, stuff. I agree. I agree. At Bianchi Wrights, you can find him there. Of course, the game down in Orlando and the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, by the way, you're staying in great shape, I'm sure, right? You're still working out like a son of a gun? Absolutely, I am. In fact, what? I'm going to the gym right after I'm done to go work out. What's on, what's on I, your playlist, uh, real quick as we say goodbye, that you like kind of inspires you as you work out? Well, I, I've got to tell you guys, when, when I go to the gym, I like to get on the recumbent bike for about an hour. Right now, I'll get on the recumbent bike and I'll have my, you know, have my cell phone set up to YouTube and I'm binge watching Bonanza, all right? Of course he is. From back in the day. I'm on season 12 right now. Um, Adam has already left the show, <laughs> but, but Hoss and Little Joe still L- Little Joe. You're just watching yeah. Michael Landon grow up right in front of your eyes, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. He also watches, you know, Mayberry, too. Oh, believe me, I know. I know. <laughs> Earl, Pearl, Pearl, don't give your love to Earl. All right, Bianchi, oh, we will yeah. talk to you later on. Good seeing you. See you, fellas. Seven okay. and five Gators, good year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, speaking of Graham Mertz, the quarterback down there, we'll get in with our quarterback coming up here in a second. And we have that uh, spicy sound uh, that we will get to as far as Brock Purdy is concerned. Uh, Big Sirs, uh, great conversation with Coach Ingram. Oh, great, so, yes. And we'll have more Super Bowl conversations as we go along mm-hmm. next couple of days. Matter of fact, Coach is bringing Larry Brown on the show tomorrow. you going to be here for that? I'll be here. You're going to be here for that. I have some anasses, too. Uh, so, Pittsburgh v. Dallas. So, uh, we'll get Larry's version and Big Source's version. Hang on a second. Yeah. The guru just walked in with a Niners hat. Oh, the quarterback oh, guru. oh, yeah. Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock Purdy. All right, Leon, enjoy the rest of the All afternoon. All right, you got it. All right, he heads out. The quarterback whisperer heads in. It's XL Primetime, Mokama Beer Company, Monday, right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay. Bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Crank it up at the 2 o'clock hour. It is uh, Whisperer time with our man Denny Thompson as he joins us. Joe C., Matt Hayes. We got Mia out at TPC Sawgrass with the Players Media Day. And cool weather, but I'm thinking by the time we get to the week of St. Patrick's Day, because that's the week of 
the players. It'll lead right up to Sunday the 17th. We'll see some beautiful sunshine. Denny, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm uh, great. Man, I love driving in in February and hearing y'all debating Miami, Florida. Week it's one, August thirty first. It's beautiful. It's a big one, dude. You yeah. gotta, you gotta love living in the South. It's the Super Bowl when I'm driving in, and y'all are debating my two below average programs right now. And then it is seven wins a true success for Billy Napier? Does it show growth <laughs> at seven wins, which is just beautiful? Um, now you are rocking uh, the 49ers lives. Absolutely, uh, good looking San Francisco logo. Uh, I, I always like to remind you, like my mother, rest in peace. 100% Mexican, all legal too. Uh, nine brothers and sisters. Most of them were up in NoCal, and then there were some in SoCal. So I became a Rams, Lakers, mm-hmm. and Dodgers fan, and then the Rams left and you know, just kind of forget them. But anyway, the Vidaris and Merguez to the north, they love the Niners. So I did not yeah. have a whole lot of Niners love. I'm the same all. as you. You know, I'm like a same thing. I yeah. mean, I, I like the L.A. teams. Yeah. Um, but, listen, Brock. Wherever he goes, I like. I mean, regardless of success, he's just one of those guys that you just want to pull for anyway. Well, yeah. What's not to like? And San Francisco's loaded right now, chock full. Yeah. I mean, so we're a week away. I'm not going to ask you when the last time you talked to him was, but what's going through his head? I right actually now? haven't. You can't. Really? I, I, yeah, I texted with him. He talks to Tom uh, Gormelli quite a bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, talks to Tom quite a bit. But I, I haven't talked to him in a while. We texted back and forth. Listen, man, there's not anything that we can do for the, He's locked in. Like, he is locked so in. The, as the long am, as he's healthy. The atmosphere is not going to affect him. No, no, no. I don't, think, I don't think he's affected one bit by any of this. I, I think he's shown that. I, so I, you said I, as long as he's healthy. What do you mean by that? No, I mean, we don't really get involved. Okay. I mean, that the so you only have no idea. What, absolutely. Okay. And I have no clue at all um, in that. I, I mean, what can I bring to the table, <laughs> right, in this situation? But – He's obviously excited. Everybody's excited. We're all excited down here for him. Um, I mean, it's what an opportunity. Are and you going? In your second year, no, I'm not. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what an opportunity in year two. I mean, what an opportunity. So mm-hmm. you don't want to take this for granted if you're him, but at the same time, um, you know, you got, you got to do what you've been doing all along, which is staying cool. Yeah. All right, we're going to ask you what you like, what you don't like about the game. Uh, going back and watching Jimmy Garoppolo in the Niners against Mahomes and the Chiefs four years ago in the Super Bowl was a good watch. You know how they compress him to a half hour's time on on NFL Network, and and the crazy thing was San Francisco had Mahomes doubled up. Yeah, but going into the fourth quarter, it was a twenty to ten ball game, twenty to ten, and then they ripped off the next twenty one points. Yeah, I, I, I just points. don't, man. I I don't think that Mahomes is ever in a situation that he's out. It's true. He, right? he's, we've we've talked about this now week after week after week. He's just he is that guy. He is he is he's MJ right now. He is. He's going to make you think during the season that oh, he's not the same Mahomes, but when he wants it, there's nothing you're going to do stop with him or stop him. I I think this is what happens this week. I've been thinking about this. I think San Francisco is going to play their game in the sense of they're not going to try to outscore him. They're not going to change their tempo. If I were them, I would do exactly what I've been doing and just count on your defense to make that one or two plays. I think Baltimore mess this whole thing up because I think they anticipated getting Mahomes score in 34. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And they stopped running the ball and they stopped doing everything else because they Good thought point. he was going to score 34 and he didn't. And if they had stayed with their game plan, Lamar would have had a chance and Baltimore would have had a chance. And I, I think San Francisco will do that. I mean, you heard what I – I don't know if you had her. I know you listen to 10 10x all mm-hmm. the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I spoke about a couple seconds ago is their their offense is not what everybody like. You think Mahomes, you think score, 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 score. They're not doing Mm-mm. that, Mm-mm. especially Mahomes? like in the last 
in the playoffs, they scored 26 against Miami. They scored 27 against Buffalo and 17 against Baltimore. Uh, it's, it's, it is 100%. When we talk about the magic of Mahomes right now, it's not like Kurt Warner was with the Rams back in the day. That's not what we're saying. We're saying is he's taking situations that the defense has them beat in right. and time and time and time again winning. And then now all of a sudden Kelsey's reengaged and the connection those two have, like I mean, that's that's good for at least an extra six minutes of time of possession. So they're gonna eliminate one of your possessions just because they're gonna pick up four third downs that no right. other duo is gonna get. Right. So it just makes it tough to game plan for. So you have eight repeat winners over the first thirty nine Super Bowls, but none over the last eighteen. So the question is, will the Chiefs be able to do it? All right, let's set up the Brock Purdy comment that Cam Newton had because we couldn't wait to play this for Denny Thompson, uh, who is the quarterback whisperer and has uh, Brock Purdy in the, uh, the stable of talent uh, when it comes to quarterbacks at six points. So listen to Cam Newton, and at the very least, he qualifies what he has to say, and then we'll get your take. I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's not Hey, that's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? Christian McCaffrey. If you add in a defensive talent and you add in an offensive talent, Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on his team. There you go. There's the Denny reaction right there. 10th best player. And we had fun the other day. We did a little Niner draft, and we couldn't get the 10. We got to about seven. We yeah. couldn't well, get well, the 10. Well, I mean, what are you basing that on? Like, How do you – I agree. Christian McCaffrey is maybe the best player in football. Yeah. That's not a quarterback. We're just so. basing on our eye tests. Mm-hmm. Right. No, like, I no mean, stats or anything. Right. It's so hard to it. do that. It's mm-hmm. so hard to do that. I mean, I, I don't know. I Because I, positionally, it's so like, – Yeah, it's so different. How are you going to compare a linebacker yeah. to a quarterback? Right. You just – you can't do that. I, I – Listen, Cam obviously is qualified to say whatever Cam wants to say. He has been there. He's an MVP. Like I, I, I understand. And the hats. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, the great lids. Like I really, I respect. I respectfully disagree with what he's saying. I, I think that Brock does more than what a game manager does. And I'm not even sure. Like a game manager is that a? Are you right, are you dissing somebody? If, if you're a game manager and you're playing in the Super Bowl, well, none of that. That's the whole Nick Saban argument. What's wrong with the game manager? And, What's and, wrong with the guy who goes to the line of scrimmage and says, "We're in the wrong play. I'll get us into the right play," or a guy who gets you out of the huddle on time, or a guy who gets the ball snapped on well, time? By the metrics that Cam's using there, can we assume that Tom Brady was never the best player on his team? Randy Moss might have been just a tick better. No, I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like, like oh, yeah. 10 years yeah. of the, in, in the league, he right, certainly well, wasn't. Yeah, and, and here's the other part of it is that manager means you don't muck it up. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's why you, get, you reach the level of manager. Well, it's also like – and it, you have to explain this, Danny, because I don't think people get this. There's so much stuff going on <laughs> pre-snap yeah. for these quarterbacks. It's so much more than just taking the ball and throwing it. It's – Man, they're they're worried about defensive fronts. They're worried about coverages. They're worried about if they're get, looking at a combo coverage. What happens when the ball snaps? All kind of pre stuff stuff. They're setting up protections. Hey. Then you got to get out of the huddle on time. Then you got to snap the ball on time. 
That you got all that, and you got and you got an annoying voice with. in your ear until there's what ten seconds, right. fifteen seconds left. Right. And by the way, that's coming to college football. I don't know if we talked about this last week yeah, or not. It definitely but, is. Yeah, it no, it is to. this year, and it's going to be a it's a it's a beast. It's not as easy. But as but explain that to everybody. Like what it's like from like when the play what, comes in when you're in that huddle. What it's like. Well, I mean, you're and that's the thing with the helmet stuff. The play they they whistle the play dead. They spot the ball and bam, the helmet's on. Right, and so right away you're hearing your coach read off this paragraph, right? And the only way you can remember this is why he's reading it is to picture the play and all that kind of stuff. And so now you're reading this off, or you're telling this to your huddle, and at the same time you understand there's a check off of that, maybe two checks off of that, based right. Off if of, you see this, right? right yeah. Based yeah. off of what they're going to show you, so now you got to break the huddle in time. You got to get everybody lined up in time. You got to look at what the defense is doing. Are they, are they really coming? Are they not coming? Are they going to play single high, double hop? What are they doing there? And then at that point, you got to make a decision and snap it. it, So, yeah, to your point, like a game manager, I mean, I I want a game manager. Everybody has to be a game manager on some level. Because you're not going to get to manage the game if you don't do everything that Denny just listed. Because just imagine everything you have to do has to happen in nanoseconds, and you have to make the right decision when you're, quote, managing the game. Plus, the Listen, play's changing constantly oh in his gosh, headset, yeah. too. Uh, and, and look, All the time. And, and it's a dude that looks like, if you look at my Fitbit watch right now, my pulse is around 69. It looks like his pulse is around 69 at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Danny, That's a no, great Here's another point. thing, too. Yeah. There are quarterbacks, right? And check me if I'm wrong here. There are quarterbacks in the league that they won't throw stuff at mid I mean, you know, before the snap. Because they can't handle it, right? Screw Absolutely, up no, no, no. I mean, every quarterback has their their ability to decipher information, and that changes throughout the game. And we, you know, there's cognitive testing that tells you how these guys do this. But yeah, I mean, there's some guys in the league that maybe has a half the play sheet that other guys have, right? Right. And I don't know who they are, but that's just that's just an absolute fact. But what I think what yeah. what you just said actually is really important because I sat in Neyland Stadium. Mm-hmm. And watch Carson, and that's when I knew, like, okay, Carson's about to be a top five pick because they set a decibel record, like a legit, not like a, one of these fake decibels. It was, I was there. I, you could not hear, and this man just Mountain methodically, scream. without ever changing his pulse or anything, just mm-hmm. methodically death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's the same exact thing. That's what we talked about with the Jags, like the ability to take a 14-play drive, 80 yards, and eat eight minutes oh. up is huge. Huge in the NFL. And it made Chad Henney look better than Trevor in, in certain situations because we always wonder when Did he just hit us with Henney? Yeah, yeah. We we went down the play chart, that 90-plus yard drive that I thought you were referring to. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I was just no. – Chad checked down. We went through the whole thing, <laughs> and he took him – Well, it did include like a dropped interception, yeah. a 15-yard penalty in exactly. key, and a 39-yard <laughs> run of a check after like broke three tackles. But the point is, the point is, as far as Trevor's concerned, is – Managing all that yeah. and, and keeping the sticks moving, that does mean something. I don't care if you – whatever your yards per attempt is, as long as you keep the chains yeah, moving. There's value in that, on yes. the clock. Of course. Well, that's the thing that we're t- we keep saying with Mahomes here is that's a guy who has both. Mm-hmm. He has every trait that you can possibly want. He has a very functional body. He ain't working out to go to the beach. He's working yeah. out to play a football. dad bod action. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he, it's, he's sturdy now. And he's he's got a full playbook, mm-hmm. right? He he's got the visual thing down. He's his his he's you can't trick him anymore. He's got the whole package, and it's so rare when you get somebody with both the traits and mm-hmm. that mental package, man. It's when you get it, it's special. That's All the right, thing so. is 
He is a game manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's 100% a yeah. game manager, Pat Mahomes. Mahomes will go 22 of 27 for 220 real quick. Right, yeah. right. All right, I want to read some numbers for Brock Purdy coming up here in just a second with Denny, and then we'll get to a couple of other quarterback questions, which we always like to do. Six four one ten ten. You hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We're hanging out. Quarterback Whisperer right here on XL Primetime. Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room in Fernandina Beach. 221, it's XL Primetime. Denny Thompson, one more segment with him, Joe C., Matt Hayes hanging out. Beautiful Mokama Beer Company Monday. And you want to know why I say beautiful? You look outside, it's kind of cold. Never bad on a bar stool. Never bad <laughs> on a bar stool. Mokama serving coffee every single day. And then the great craft Tuesday through Sunday. So head to their brand new Wildlight location, which you know how big Wildlight is growing up there in Nassau County. Uh, so you Nassau County Nooners head over and check out their Wildlight location. And then, of course, right there on South 8th Street in Fernandina. All right, so, Denny, we got him for one more seg. Listen to these numbers. I may be speaking through you to Matt Hayes. Oh, okay? I like this. Okay. I might be through you to Matt All Hayes. Right, so, shall yeah. I look at him while you say these? Exactly. Just okay. stare him down. <laughs> Brock Purdy entered the league as the last pick in the NFL draft. We know that. 2022, he was Mr. Irrelevant. Since that day, Purdy has a .808 win percentage. As a starter, he has passed for 9.2 yards per attempt, has worked up a 47 to 14 touchdown to INT ratio, and owns a 111.2 passer rating. All best marks in the National Football League among quarterbacks with a minimum of 20 starts. 9.2 per attempt is Unreal. a hell I, of a game manager. Yep. That's yeah. what jumped out at me, too. That's a YPA. That's, that's a, and, and just as an example, that's a big number. And Matt will point out yards per attempt quite often. Especially when we get in the Graham Mertz conversation, that's a big number. Yeah, nine point two yards yeah. per attempt. That, that in the is NFL huge, huge number. Explain that, Denny. Yards yeah, per attempt, I, just well, as far I mean, as how he, important it is. Okay, because I, I know we're going to get this. He does get a lot from a play calling standpoint. They do a lot of things where maybe the ball will travel two yards and and they'll block it up sure. and get eleven. Right, so that happens. But I think when you watch Brock, where he's just so good at is in between the hashes just fitting the ball in spaces, right? Mm -hmm. Or in between the numbers, I should say. The hashes are so narrow in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But in between, like if you were to set the college hashes, I guess is what I'm saying, is he's he's so anticipatory with his throwing and he's so accurate with his throwing um, that if he sees that little bitty window that happens to be 11 yards on that little basic route or something like that, he's not scared to take it. Mm -hmm. And to the average person, it just looks like a little 11-yard throw. But there's – 10 other quarterbacks that would pass that up and they would go ultimately to the check down or they would take a deep shot that's incomplete. And he's just got confidence in his guys and in his arm. So the average yards per attempt, if you're listening out there, it's measured in tenths. It's not measured in, like, one. Like, a jump from seven to eight is gigantic. Right. Yeah. Okay? So he's at 9.6 in the regular season, okay, for the 49ers. The next guy closest to him, okay, mm -hmm. the next starter, full-time starter closest to him. You ready for this? Is Tua. Wow. 8.3. Because of those big plays down wow. the field. 8.3. It's a wow. 1.6 yard difference. That's, That's a huge difference. It also makes another very valuable point here is remember all those years that they said that the spread would never work in the NFL? Well, there's your two and the Kansas City Chiefs, right. your three like 
college-level spread teams, they have committed all the way, mm-hmm. are averaging these attempt numbers. Uh, just to add to that. Space, people. Space. By the way, He's behind Tua yeah. is, is yeah. C.J. Stroud. Behind, uh, uh, wow. who, who you would think would be this drop-back quarterback. He's yeah. behind Tua, so he's third at 8.2. That's impressive, which Brock too. was 1.4 yards ahead of that. Yeah, That's impressive, too, that he was able to step right no out, have that yeah, offense, of course. And, and, and accelerate and just that offense. Just real quick, your quarterback here yeah. in Jacksonville. I'm going to go 6. Point. I was, I was going to go. I was actually going to say 6.2. Yeah. No, 7.1. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. All right, good. Which is good, about good. the average in the league. Hmm. Uh, all right, real quick, because of what you just said, Denny, the – and Matt has made this point many, many, many times. There are more spread guys or athletic movers, air raid and spread RPO quarterbacks in the college game that have forced the NFL to pay attention and relent. Basically, you're not going to have your pure pocket passer. Now let's use Cliff Kingsbury. Another opportunity for him. He came in to run Kyler Murray or run an offense for Kyler Murray to be successful at Arizona. Now it looks like he's going to do the same thing he was Caleb Williams' OC at USC, and now he's being hired at Washington, which would tell everybody, should tell everybody, tell us if it's true, they will move to make well, sure let, they get him. Let's dispel a myth here on this, too, because when you say spread offense, I think people automatically start thinking about zone read, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you could be a unathletic quarterback and be very efficient in a spread offense. Oh, yeah. Like the, the, the spread offense that I'm talking about is just spreading everybody out, creating space and maybe some motions. And, mm-hmm. and you're just stressing zone defenses, right? Mm-hmm. You're flooding areas or, or you're spacing them out to the point where all right, they got to play man. And then at that point, you know, the, the league's full of man beaters now with the defensive rules. Yeah, mm-hmm. So it, it's just I think we've seen now kind of the old school kind of go away in the NFL to the point where I think the next big move is going to be fullbacks. I think fullbacks will be back in the game before you know it, because all these linebackers are sitting around at 230 now. Yeah. 225 and can right. run four six four five. Look what happened with Buffalo's run game against Dallas. They, yeah, just, but they battered them. Give me a 260 thumper lead blocker going up against that 245 guy that I drafted to cover the pass. Mm-hmm. Right? And and let's just line that up and go. And I, I think you're going to start to see more and more fullbacks um, start to get worked into the game. Well, the bad thing is that this team's been tortured by fullbacks, okay? Yeah. One cat ran it back 80-some yards on a kickoff, okay? That was – um. That was Le- that's Leach's whole thing was you spread to the numbers. Yep. And then throw to the green. He's throw always throwing quarterbacks. Throw to the green. Mm-hmm. Throw, yep. Wherever you see green, throw to the green. Yeah. Because it, it, they're finding spots in that zone. It's right. special to hear Gardner talk about Leach's offense. Yeah. It, it, it yeah, I should actually try to talk him into doing that one day on like camera because it it is to hear him explain what they accomplished in that offense is pretty, yeah. pretty special. Yeah. Well, I, we'd love to see that. Yeah. I, I, uh, you need to ask him how everything was down. In Orlando. I actually have seen. Man. I've yeah. I've sat I sat in the quarterback room with Leach and Gardner. Oh, that would have been wild. At Washington State, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. that would have phenomenal. Been two smart guys right there. Yeah, but it, it's the classic uh, baseball. Hit them where they ain't. Mm-hmm. Hit no, them where no they doubt. Ain't. No yeah, doubt. That's what no it doubt. is. Throw it to the yeah. green. No doubt. Did y'all watch the skills challenge? The quarterback skills challenge no. Thursday night. Yeah. I watched a little. That bit. was fun to watch, actually. Mm-hmm. It was really fun to watch, and uh, it was just cool to see all the different guys how they throw and and like the thing you came away with is like these guys that we talk about that hey man they're not any good. Really, they can spin well, it. I, they can right, spin right, it. Right, right, really good. Right. As much they as I think it. the Pro Bowl, right. like the just the, the festivities and everything, you know, I like to make fun of it and whatnot. But it's a personality weekend for fans to enjoy. It, it, it's their version of the All Star 
NBA and yeah. All-Star. It, 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 that's what it's going to become, and now I'm okay with it. Right, right. Get, if you, if it's the dunk contest and the game means whatever, then cool, just tell me that. Yeah. Uh, just tell me that, and, and I right. love the way that they're – I actually love the way they're going with this. I think it's really fun. And I'm a big advocate for the future of what flag football is going to be. Like, mm-hmm. it's been an Olympic sport, things like that. Getting and big. I told my wife and my son last or yesterday, we're watching that game, and there's, what, 60,000 people yeah. watching a flag football game. I'm like, this, this is a good thing. This yeah, is a really good thing. It it gets the popularity in football at an earlier age, and yeah. I think it's probably a little healthier at an earlier age. Yeah, it, it, in that in that respect, it is a smart move because we have too many kids. Pop Warner, apologies to Coach Bob and all you out there, but knocking heads way too early. Absolutely, yeah, yeah completely all right. agree. Denny, good stuff, my man. Enjoy yes, the Super Bowl with your 49ers lid on. Yep. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Sharp lid, uh, I mean – Confident when it's a one and a half point line. You guys are on the favorite. Of, I mean, how are you ever confident against yeah. Mahomes? Mahomes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's just hope for a good game. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, at Denny underscore Thompson, you can find him on X. And of course, at Six Points Passing Academy, it is XL Primetime. Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room at Fernandina Beach. Some pretty uh, crazy numbers that we were throwing out uh, Denny's way with our quarterback whisperer. We've got uh, plenty of props. As a matter of fact, JJ will probably line up another round of props coming up here in just a second. Our prop bets, we always have fun with them. Uh, you know all my beer boys. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Matty was one of my main beer guys. And, Della Matty. Yeah. And – Dude is already planning on heading out to Vegas on Friday. He is just loving life. Uh, and so I'm so jealous of him. But uh, we will have, uh, you know, it, all, all the stuff that comes out of my uh, North Florida sales uh, warehouses. We'll try and get some prizes to give away. And then the Golf Club Southampton, we always try and hook up uh, everybody with some good golf. But just some, just some prop bets, just to have a little fun, have a little something on it uh, when you're watching the game. And so J.J. will set up another round of you guys coming up here in just a second. Remember, he'll take four or five of you. He'll put them in the pile. you got to at least nail two out of the three to get in the drawing, and then we'll draw winners out, and we will contact you. And so uh, don't show up at our door going, where's my prize? Let's just make sure that we get in touch with you. But we always want to make it fun just so you can get a little extra action on it as we go into the game. Now, we asked Denny what he thought. He just kind of looked at us and laughed. And uh, when you talk about trying to beat Pat Mahomes, I went back and, and I, I, I know plenty of people that are diehard uh, fans of, of the game. You go back and you watch some of these Super Bowls, and especially when you take a look at the trends and what you were talking about a minute ago, Matt, with these yards per attempt and the fact that Brock Purdy is at a whopping 9.4 yards per attempt. That's how successful. 9.6. Nine, six. Nine, six. Well, 9.6 for this season, 9.4 yeah. since he his came career, into the league. Right, right. That is how successful he has been. And so when I look at this line, and it's one and a half, two points, one and a half, two points, you can't help but acknowledge that Vegas thinks, whether they're right or wrong, Vegas thinks that there is as much offensive and defensive firepower on the San Francisco 49ers as there, that trumps what Mahomes means offensively to the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I don't think anyone would argue San Francisco has more weapons but they don't have Mahomes. It's funny. Well, we, JJ and I were talking about this before the show. Um, the first thing I want to say real quick back to is to the average yards per attempt. What that means is the ball's going downfield. Exactly. That's what people have to understand. The ball goes downfield. He's like, driving here, here, it downfield. Here's another quick example. We watched Justin Fields play a half of football Monday night, and 
the ball, he was, let's just say he was something in the neighborhood of 8 of 11. The ball never was thrown past the line of scrimmage. Right. And when I say he's driving the ball downfield, I don't mean the offense is driving. I mean he's throwing to the second and third level. He's throwing those kind of throws. So that's what that high number means. Anyway, back to your original point. JJ and I were talking about this, Mm -hmm. and he thinks it's because Vegas thinks the Niners are going to win. I think it's because they're trying to even the money. Oh, that's which is, for sure. Which is what yeah. they definitely do. They definitely that's do. Sure. But, but I think his point was, reason why yeah, they have the Niners. He thinks still the favored. Niners are still like they think the Niners are going to win, which yeah. is amazing to me. That at some point you got to say, look, until until you beat Mahomes, right? Until someone does it. But you know what they're betting on? The 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 roulette wheel keeps coming up black, so you start to bet red. The roulette. We'll, he just, you know, Danny made a great point. He just, he has an answer for everything, yeah. man. Everything. You know what I heard about the money, by the way, that the, not surprisingly, the vast majority of the public bets, the amount of bets yeah. is on the Chiefs. But yes. the money, the money the is, right. yeah, it's about even. So right. like most of the big bets, like the six figure bets I heard are a lot of them are on the 49ers. Now, I don't know if this is true, but we have heard that the regular ticket price, if you want to buy two tickets into the Super Bowl, that it's starting to take a bit of a dip, that all of a sudden you're seeing these prices that they thought were going to be, you know, you could name your price right. because people are going to Vegas and they're ready to, to you know party and they want to go to the Super Bowl, that it's dropped by a couple of grand. I'm not surprised you, because the Chiefs go all the time. Yeah, but listen to this, okay? If you all right, so you say all right, and we say general public. You can never really truly say that about the flipping Super Bowl. That ain't the general public that is sitting in those seats. But right. yes, the Chiefs have been there, but the Niners travel so well, the Chiefs travel so well, and they say the the get it in price has dropped. Are you ready for this though? The suites in Allegiant Stadium, two and a half million dollars. <laughs> all right, let me give you some of these numbers. All right, Las <laughs> for Vegas. For one game, my thirty-second commercial is two two and a half million. Yeah, loss. It's over three million for thirty. Oh, is it really? oh yeah. Uh, first Las Vegas Super Bowl plus Taylor Swift plus Silicon Valley fans from San Francisco mm. equals the most expensive Super Bowl ever. All right, so regular tickets. Uh, this, I, I'm hearing conflicting reports about this, but regular tickets are averaging eight thousand get in <laughs> versus six thousand last year. Cheapest available for four seats, $200,000. Most expensive, and this is the suite we're talking about, most expensive for 20 seats, $2.5 million. $125,000 per person to watch a four-hour football game. So the two when, and a half, I mean, the reality is you could just go to the, to the one casino, jump in the pool, and watch it on that gigantic TV in a exactly. time. And gamble your face off. Right. And eat, right. drink your face off. Yes. So that won't be it. cheap either. And, and you uh, know, just that, to like go to Vegas, I'm sure this weekend the oh, rooms are probably oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And so the original NFG, you know, whenever I go suite level, they can appreciate this. But that two and a half million dollar suite, I don't even think uh, the original NFG would go for that. You get your food and beverage package, you get two parking passes. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> two parking passes with those 20 tickets. So yeah, two and a half. Two. Mil. Yeah, two parking you mean passes. Two per ticket or two per 20? Two passes to park. Oh my God. They will be stuffing people in the trunk. Oh, uh, that's for sure. And uh, not Hoffa style. All right. It is XL Prime Time. We'll say hello to the French show coming up.
Hey, remember this? I don't believe what I just saw! That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. You believe in miracles? Yes! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Toss to White. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! Tell you what, the the list was endless uh, when it comes to Tom Brady highlights throughout the years, and we mentioned the number of quarterbacks that are right now in the league that have played in the Super Bowl, and the number is not that big. And the oldest cat among them is probably Matt Stafford and Russell Wilson. Uh, and those two guys are only uh, you know, part of a handful right. that have played in the right. Super Bowl, much less won the Super Bowl, because Tom Brady owned the Super Bowl. That was the comeback against the Atlanta Falcons when they were trailing 28-3. to 28-3. Five minutes to go. They decided they were never going to run the football again. Kyle Shanahan probably still regrets that to this day because he has not won a Super Bowl. That was him as the offensive coordinator. He gets the San Francisco 49er job. Mike Smith is the head coach, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Right? No. No? No, yeah. that was, uh, what's his name? Who Dan just got Quinn. hired? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quinn. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, Dan right, Quinn. Right, right. And Dan Quinn had basically abandoned his, uh, his defensive ways uh, because they were up 28-3, to and that was the first game went to overtime. Was that close. And then they went right down the field, and they won. What an unbelievable finish. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Frank Frangie show getting ready to roll. Frank joins us now from the beautiful clubhouse at TPC Sawgrass Players Media Day. Frank, what's up? Oh, Joe, it's beautiful out here. You've played this thing enough. It's uh, There's never a bad day at this golf course, is it, Joey? It was uh, wonderful. Uh, before you ask, hit it in the water, made double. Ah, that, 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 that's ah. going to be the first. Isn't that the first question? Well, what happened on 17, uh, so, right? Isn't that the question? Well, instead of asking if you hit it in the water, because that's a given, uh, yeah. was it left, <laughs> is. Was it left, right, yeah. front, or back? Uh, pin high, left. Pin high, hit it left. Pulled okay. it. Um, uh-huh. I do want to say, did I say pin high yet? Just so I can get that part in. Just make sure I got that in. Because um, real quick, uh, uh, Lamb, Lamb would get, he says, don't ever let anyone get away with telling you they were pin high when they didn't hit yeah. the green. Yeah, so yeah. Well, go. I did not hit the green, and I was pin high. Okay, and so again, slipped it in. But but, and, but but here's the deal. No one says, "Hey, how you been? How's your family? How, what, how's the weather? Yeah. What'd you do on 17?" Right? Exactly. Isn't, that, isn't that the first question? Shouldn't that be the first question? Yeah. Always, so, always. But it's but it's beautiful. By the way, it's something you guys were talking about, I, I get a kick out of. What the uh, when the when the Patriots beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl? What was the score? Off the top of your head, what was the score? Don't look. What's top of what I'm going to say it was 34 28. 'Cause they, here's no, the they funny scored. thing. Here, they here's the funny thing. None of we all know twenty eight to three. No one knows the score of the game. Yeah. You, you ever realize that? We all, but we all know twenty eight to three. Yeah, I think Isn't it was thirty four twenty eight, because they, they went down and scored a touchdown. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't even I, I don't I can't tell you. Yeah. But I can tell you all about twenty eight three. Yeah, it's right? true. It is true. <laughs> That's the number we know. Um, hey, boy, I, I love Super Bowl week. I, I love it when, when it gets here. Uh, I love what it means. I think it's the uh, 
the biggest sporting event in the country by a wide margin, uh, even if sometimes it doesn't deliver. So we'll certainly talk about how it became all that. That's on the show today. Uh, Lee Smith's going to stop by. He is the uh, uh, new executive director of the Players' uh, Championship and a wonderful guy. Joe, you know Lee, and he's a fantastic guy. He's going to stop by. So we're going to start talking a little golf today. Uh, as the golf season uh, gets near, a little college basketball too. So we're live at the Players. Love being here on a Monday, and it kicks up in just a bit. All right, sounds good, Frank. Thanks. We'll be listening. Thanks, guys. All right, so they will do it uh, from the clubhouse because you've got uh, really the countdown is on. You'll hear those players' messages from the volunteer staff as far as the countdown to the players. And when it happens, it's uh, it's always a special week. And a little bummed that uh, Pebble could not get to 72 holes uh, because of the weather out there, a signature event. And it would have been great if they'd have been able to crown a champion. But Wyndham, in the wind, was able to win at Pebble. Went out and shot him a 60 on Saturday. And I'm telling you, this dude, he – all right, you ready for this? And both of you guys should appreciate it, although we've never done it. There's a stat called worth of putts made, and it's measured by feet. Right. Okay? I watched Wyndham Clark. I was on the PGA Tour International television broadcast where he hold – 189 feet worth of putts. Dude, that's how he won the major last year. It's incredible. Wow. You go back to what he did at L.A. Country Club and what he did at, at the Wells when he won his first one, 189 feet worth of putts in one round. I talked to Spanky, uh, the great Mike Lynch. I said, how long would it take you to hold 189 feet? He's a, Lynch, he's a PGA professional. He said, take me two years <laughs> because he doesn't make anything long. Is that not incredible? That, he's going to be bad, around right? for a long time, this yeah, guy. He's, he's not going to be like one of those, hey, you won one major and you disappear. I, I think agree. I hope around. so. I hope just so. Because his putting is so good. He's good enough. Just take a look at that exaggerated grip on your putter and think about it because that has helped him right. mightily. All right, we are out. Thanks to Mokama Beer Company. Tuesday through Sunday, they are serving up great craft. You can always count on that. They've got so many great creations, and it's all across your flavor palette whether it's Pilsners, Lagers, Sours, IPAs, Stouts, whatever you want, they've got it. And make sure to check out the tap room and the coffee being served every single day. Their brand-new Wild Light location is open, so check them out, as well as South 8th Street on Fernandina. Both of them up in Nassau County or on the shelves at, PG, at uh, Total Wine or ABC. Make sure you check them out. Mokama Beer Company. We are done. Joe C., Maddie Hayes. We'll have Mia back tomorrow. Big Surs and J.J.